Hello. Yeah, you can wow, put it off to the wow, side if it's like uncomfortable wow. there. But no, it's all good. Roughly that distance. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're recording all of this, so it's good. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our new intro music. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pancom Podcast. Mike is done fucking with the microphone. Wow. And there it is. <laughs> he brought his didgeridoo today. Uh, we are recording at Chug's Diner, maybe for the last time before you open. Probably, possibly, who knows? Yeah, I mean, barring any catastrophic, apocalyptic things, we are opening in, what day is today? Wednesday? The oh, first? A week. week from today. Yeah. So, probably the last time we do this before you open. Mm-hmm. Um, except this time, unlike the last time we did this, where it was just me and Mike talking about Chug's at Chug's, we are joined by special guest, Giorgio Rapicavoli. Mike, I'm going to let you do the introduction things, and I'm going to see when you decide to throw to a little like, and now a word from our sponsorship. Sure. We're going to leave this in your hands. This is dangerous. I know. I'm, I know. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks, dude. Happy I, to be here. I'm, uh, this is the first time, and Nick referenced it earlier, someone in full chef coat gear, yes. straight out of the kitchen to a podcast. Correct. I'm still shocked that people want to be on this podcast ever, but straight from a kitchen to here. That's amazing. Thanks, man. This is huge, man. I'm super excited. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the best night of your life. Yes. Yeah. Straight out of the Luca, the Luca kitchen. Yes. Um, which I would say is probably the restaurant I've frequented the most in the last three months. Yes. You, we have a star next to your name on Open Table. Oh, man. We know who you are. Oh, man. That's sweet. Yeah. Love that. I always try to sneak into the bar. No, we know. Yeah. <laughs> we know. No, it's great. I have to say that. It's definitely some of the best food in that neighborhood. I think there's like two places I would go to in that neighborhood. Yeah, you and Pablo for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it's what that neighborhood needed. I think it's like incredibly delicious. Thanks, man. I, I mean, and this is—I've said it before. I'm not like a huge pasta person because it puts me right to bed. Mm-hmm. But I've tried all of them, and it's like it's just delicious. Thanks, man. Like simple, delicious, good. I think people in that area just didn't really have that. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, just like a different approach to Italian cooking. You know, there's so much classic over there. You've got, you know, you've got a bracci and you've got fratellino. And I just thought, like, why even, why replicate that? Why come, you know, you've got zucca, you've got fiola. There's so much, like, right. of this, like, classic old school Italian major d walking around the restaurant. And we just wanted to make, like, just a good restaurant, you know, that people just, like, felt good at, felt comfortable at, had good cocktails, good wine, doesn't break the bank you know, delicious. And it's been, it's been really wonderful to like have the tools provided to us to run a successful restaurant. And it really kind of proved to us that we can do it. Yeah. I mean, I would say how long you've been open now? Six months or so. Oh, already? Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's Maybe what? seven. But yeah. Six, seven still, months. Yeah. I would say that there's still, even though it's like simple and like very approachable, it's still very like Giorgio that there's like curveballs mm-hmm. and, there's things that make it much more interesting than like the classic, which is what I really appreciated. Like I love the carpaccio shaved over. Yeah, the sa- I love that <laughs> a monster of meat. Yeah. I know, and it's just like just a full plate, a but lot. then there's salad underneath. Yeah, it's and like, great. I hate stingy carpaccio. It's like the worst thing in the world, dude. When you go to like get a carpaccio and it's like eight slices of meat, it's so infuriating, you know. But so it, 
it also like the way that it eats looks gnarly too, which is fun. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like carnage, which yeah, is what we like. Like the the acidic salad underneath yeah. it with some bitterness and yeah. the whole thing. It just like Crunchy, makes it a very cheesy. cohesive yeah. like thing. Yeah, which no one ever thinks about. It's always like the mound of like small weird salad, like yeah. right in the middle of yes. like the four pieces of carpaccio sure. that were shaved like two weeks ago. Yes. We want, it was just what I want to eat, you know? I just think about, like, the carpaccio I want to have. And, like, my whole life, I've always just been like, dude, I want to eat three times this plate, you know? And we did it. You know, we just, it's awesome. I eat it for lunch all the time. It's just everything I love. It's crunchy. It's cheesy. It's bitter. It's lemony. Yeah. Really good olive oil, crunchy salt. For sure, though, when you were in menu development, you know, you knew that the little fried potatoes were going to be, like, the jam. Dude. <laughs> let me tell you about this. I had no intention of doing this. Okay. And, like... Four days before we opened, my purveyor showed up with these potatoes from Germany. I was like, try these out. See if you like them. And we're like, all right, yeah, let's try them. We'll see what happens. And, like, that day we were like, oh, this is sick. Let's, let's make this happen. And it was – it's crazy to think of, like, the dish, right, of Luca. Like, everybody thinks of, like, yeah, you know, let me break the yolk. Yeah. And, like, we had no intention of ever doing it. Isn't it crazy how that works oh, out? Yeah. So good. You could plan a dish for, like – there was just a dish on the Chugs menu yeah. that I was planning, like, forever. And I tried it, like, four different ways. And I fucking hated it yeah. every single way. And then just from one day to the next, I just didn't completely change it. But I just, like, changed it. And I was like, this is delicious. Yeah. In 10 minutes. Yeah. The original plan was to do, like, a take on Carciofi la Judea, which is, like, Roman-style artichokes that are, like, slow-cooked in olive oil and then fried. But I wanted to do it with sunchokes. So oh, it's going to be, like, creamy sunchokes with, like, crispy sunchokes on top and, like, a taleggio sauce. And then these came in, and I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck, <laughs> fuck this huge-ass work of peeling sunchokes. Like, right. let's be smart. And I also, what I, I never really envisioned that the restaurant was going to be as busy as it is. Mm. You know, like, I could never, like, keep up with that prep right now, you know? For it's, sure. It's, it's, we're, we've been blown away by what we can do. And it's like, the restaurant's busy, man. That place moves. Mm-hmm. It, it moves. And thank God we're not doing the sunchokes, you know? Well, I, I frequent Graciano's a lot, too, yeah. because I love their empanadas. Yes. So I always walk by... Because, you know, I like to see places like good people doing good business. Yeah. And I love that there's like bad places around you and that they're empty. <laughs> I, well, I don't like you. I'm not trying to like yeah. ill will on people, but I'm just saying like if you try yeah. and you do like good things, yeah, like people man. respond. Yeah. And we got really lucky with our, our partners and which are really the landlords. Of I've met lot. them. Yeah. Super Mark, nice Mark and Pep. Um, great dudes. And they like really held off. They got so many offers for like. Whatever, dude. Restaurants that they didn't want there. And they were just like, they could have taken the, the lease and filled up their spaces. And instead, they held off. And they said, like, we want good restaurants that are going to make a difference. And they've been great. I mean, in reality, putting a good restaurant there and showing, like, the value of the space is worth more to them than just someone that's always going to, like, someone that comes in with big money to pay yeah. the rent. Right? Because yeah. it just does nothing but improve their property value. And then yeah. now for the next person that goes next to you, because there'll be someone else next to you, yeah. they're going to... You know, rent will yeah, go sure. up and it'll improve their property value. Sure. And then it, it attracts other people like you to go there. Absolutely. Because that's what the Gables is really missing. Why? Well, I, I mean, like Miracle Mile-ish yeah. is really missing. Miracle Mile's tough, man. It's, it's, Geraldo's quaint. You know, it's a block. Yeah. It's easy to walk. There's, what, and what's so cool about Geraldo is just like, there's no competition, dude. Mm. You know what I mean? There's like high-end Mexican and easy tacos and burgers and Vietnamese and Thai and sandwiches and... It's well laid out. One Italian and... Yeah. Well laid out. There's nobody competing with anybody. Mm. That's great. Yeah, I mean... So I used to work on Geraldo because I opened the local. Oh. Yeah, I was the first sous chef of the local. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Long, long ago. (laughs) And um, so I knew that area super well. And you know, 
when there was good food at the local, because there was for a good amount of time mm-hmm. when I was there and then when Phil was there after. Yeah. Um, I mean, people went. They Dude, drank. Phil was doing awesome stuff. Cocktails, food, the whole thing. Yeah. Like, they went, they dined, they did the thing. Yeah. Local was a little bit of a different dynamic, but it just proved that it was possible yeah, to do sure. it there. Hey, Nick. Yeah. I think it's time for a word from our sponsors. This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by. This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by. Cerveza Monopolio. It is one of old. It is one of Mexico's oldest breweries. You can tell we've been drinking it. The oh whole time. man, we've been drinking a bunch of Monopolios around here. It's one of Mexico's oldest breweries. Following in the footsteps of their ancestors, they brew the original recipe from the late 1800s with the same natural ingredients and the same commitment to brew the highest quality cerveza. Let me tell you, the commitment absolutely shows. I have to be incredibly honest. A year ago, when I started seeing this thing around Miami, I'm like, man, what the fuck is this thing? This shit looks cool. Let me try it. Then I drank it. I'm like, fuck, this shit's delicious. So I was like, man, we should carry this. And you can probably find Monopolio at lots or all of my locations. People might think this is just because they're paying for it. But earlier, when we were not being paid during the podcast... Maybe before we started recording with Giorgio. Yeah. Because we're both talking about Monopolio. This yeah. Is, uh, I mean, you wouldn't carry this beer if you didn't believe in the product. No. I mean, I, I definitely do believe in the product. I do think that it's delicious. I I definitely wouldn't just drink it randomly at my house if I didn't think it was delicious. And I wouldn't want to carry it at our locations if I didn't think it was delicious. And this stuff really is delicious. It's easy drinking. It's not. It's something that you drink during the day, something you drink at nighttime, and I definitely, definitely co-sign this stuff. You know, part of why it's delicious is that they use real corn, no additives, no preservatives, and this beer is not pasteurized. It's also independently and Mexican family-owned. That's right. You can find it if you're in South Florida at Milam's. Or is Milam's outside of South Florida? I don't even know. No, I don't think so. It's only South Florida. But also fresh markets. So Milam's and fresh markets... If you can't find Monopolio, you know what you should do? They didn't put this in the talking points. You Oof. should tell whoever is not stocking Monopolio to stock it. To stock Monopolio. Do your do yourself go up to that guy. That's right. That lady, that person. That's whoever right. runs that place said, "Hey, you know what, man? Do yourself a favor. That's Carry right. Monopolio." Hago por Mexico. Bancom podcast, September 22 at Maxwell Brothers Clothing Store, which is a pizzeria brew pub. Get them while they're fucking hot. These things are red fucking hot at Maxwell Brothers Clothing Store. We are doing a live podcast, meaning we will have an audience. Um, You can get tickets to watch eighth grade basketball MVP Michael Beltran in discussion, in conversation with brewer and restaurateur John Falco. As I'm well actually, as this Falco is like the our guest. Him and Peter Santa Maria. Peter, now that is a fucking just a gem of a human. Falco, we could do without, but well, it's fine. I it's mean, we really place. couldn't get around it. We'll let him in. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm looking. For, Falco claims <laughs> claims that he claims will so be, much. Claims that he will be making his own T-shirt cannon that ideally will also shoot pastelitos. I mean, the t-shirt cannon thing, I've been a proponent for for a long time. But I don't know if you always wanted Falco to manufacture one. Well, him manufacturing anything gives me anxiety, but a lot of things do, I obviously. I mean, listen, if anybody, if I trust anybody with it, it's him. He was in weapons. It's going to be Falco? He was, he was in weapons intelligence. 
He's the I guy. guess you're right. He's the guy for this. If there's one thing I trust Falco with, it's making a t-shirt cannon. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what he was in an intelligence. I think that was the deal. Uh, okay. Maybe also other things. What we'll do I don't know, man. There will also be other things happening. We are raffling barware from Steelite. And there will, barring some kind of thing, you know, but the plan is that you won't have to touch anybody tab- any tables. There will be no Mike Beltran table touch. Right. There will be a Mario Obregón rap about the food. This is fascinating. So I can't wait to... I mean, I saw what he did with black beans, and I am fucking just... I kind of want that. I, I want, instead of a rap, I just want, like, all the lights to go down and a spotlight, spotlight go on Mario. Over Mario. And it just be him, like, kind of talking yeah. contemplatively. Yeah, about, about black beans. Yeah, well, about... Well, let's tell people what's going to be on the menu for this event. <sighs> what is going to be on this menu? Oh, so, okay, no, I got it. Oh, okay, okay. So, we're doing uh, Moho... Garlic rolls. Yep. Right? That's what you... That's one of the things you eat. Then you have... <laughs> that's what you do with it, yeah. yeah. Um, then for the main, we have like a three-parter, right? We're doing... Um, we're doing a... What we call Noche Buena Calzone, right? That's what we're doing? Yep. Maduros, lechon asado, there's some ricotta, there's some other... Mojo onions. Mojo onions. I think was the idea. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're doing pizzalitos, so it's um, pastelitos and pizza had a baby, right? And pastelito poppy is going to make that baby for you. Oof. And then we're doing is an. He's op- going to put that baby in you. <laughs> Take it easy, killer. <laughs> Take it easy. This is a kids show. We're good for the kids. Oh, is that what this is? Yeah. Um, Sorry. And then kids. we're doing an avocado leonese, so it's an avocado salad with frisee, bacon lardons. Um, Hard boiled egg, soft boiled egg, green goddess dressing, and then for dessert, his team has a couple of things that they're working on that I find fascinating. I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but he's working on this incredible new ice cream concept called Crybaby. It's on Instagram already. Is it? It exists. Cool. So I could talk about it. It's called Crybaby, and uh, he, Falco, myself, and his chef uh, hatched up some pretty cool ideas. That I think we're going to test in the next week or so. So, you know, one of them was like a beer float, which was cool. This is news to Nick. It as is. He, as, he, yeah. as he looks at me very confused. That's okay. That's good. And then the other one was a... Um, Still doing the whey caramel or no? Yeah. it's a. It, the other one was a... It's an ice cream sandwich. Okay. With whey caramel in it. Coconut. Ice cream. Are you okay? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and uh, some other stuff. And it was, the conversation was fast and furious, but it was very uh, exciting since I'm a big fan of ice cream sandwiches and floats. Very good. So I think it's going to be a good time. I would recommend buying a ticket, obviously. Yeah. Um, so the ticket gets you the dinner. Right. Gets you a seat in the audience for this podcast while you're having that dinner. Which I'm sorry about. Apologies to everyone. Right. Uh, gets you a cigar. Right. Thanks to Aganorsa Leaf uh, for hooking us up on that front. They will be providing the cigars. Gets you at least one entry in this raffle of barware. A lot of nice stuff. Woof. There's going to be... Uh, Woof. Yeah, there's going to be stuff Can't happening. Can't wait. 
Um, you, you get a Yari. You get a Yari. You get a Yari. <laughs> and then I don't know. I don't know what we'll do exactly, but I, I know that we want to. Well, build but I mean, come on. This gets you a live performance performance by, by Mario, Mario Obergon, yeah. which is. I mean, that guy is riding his Peloton every day. He looks great. He's ready to rap. I mean, he is fucking, he is, he's going to kill it. Oh, man. This is, it's going to be huge. Um, huge. Huge. Yeah. Man, it's been so long since we heard one of those, huh? <laughs> it's um, the same all the time. Huge. huge. Um, but, uh, but no, and then I was going to say, we, I don't think that we know exactly what we're going to do, but I do want to bring something into this event that helps to raise money for uh for recharging cuban cell phones through cuba decide um we have thrown around a few ideas about you know what that might look like um i'm thinking that uh so peter santa maria has agreed to contribute at least one piece of his that we might like auction off oh that's cool or raffle off or something yeah that's great uh and then i think maybe what we'll do with the steelite thing is if you have a ticket you will have an entry into that raffle but we'll let people spend money for extra entries and send that well see this way yeah that's cool um, i mean we're also working on a t-shirt thing for that as well yeah um that I get the sample T-shirt tomorrow. I'm going to wear it on the show. I'll probably wear it to the show. And all the proceeds go to that. Yeah. So the shirt will be expensive, because not because I want the money, but because I want it to go to a good place. Yeah, yeah. Are we done here? Back to the show. People say, why is Houston's always so busy? One, it's an institution. Two, the food's good. Yeah. And it's consistent. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I love Hillstone. I, I love Houston's is the best. It's, I mean, I mean that, uh, what is it? The roast. Wine ribeye, too? Well, I, I'm a, I'm like a sandwich guy. Oh. So there's, oh, my God. The French dip? The French dip. Come and on. then the chicken sandwich, which oh. they actually don't have they don't anymore. don't make anymore. Which no. is fucking delicious. But the French dip is perfect, bro. Even the veggie burger was fucking delicious. Yeah. I mean, and it's consistent. The sushi's so good, too. I never had this. Oh, sushi sushi's so good, man. They do a roll with like shrimp and toasted coconut. That's like killer. It's awesome, bro. And like, honestly, when I have a day off or whatever and I want to go eat and I know like, yeah, I have the opportunity to go. And I, every once in a while, like I try other restaurants and, you know, like that homies have. But then like sometimes I'm just like, dude, I just want to go to Hillsong. You know, yeah. I just want to go to Houston's and I want to eat the spinach dip and hopefully the grilled artichokes are in season. And I want to get my Hawaiian ribeye mid-rare with my loaded baked potato. I want my traditional salad. The tres leches is sick. Oh, it's so good. So good. I mean, it's it's that kind of thing though. Like every time you go back, it's usually ninety nine percent of the time the same exactly way. The same. Right. And so, like, also for me, when I go there, I mean, the service is awesome. You know what I mean? It's just so good. And I think for something that you and I love, which is running restaurants, to sit back and just like watch, mm-hmm. like you know, like watch Daddy do it. You know? Yeah. Just simple, like simple yeah. things. How the copper hood? <laughs> the copper hood. The copper. All all the tables are bolted in. <laughs> Like, just all those, like, little thoughts. And then when you build restaurants, you realize how expensive all those little thoughts are. Like, how, um, you know, all the noise buffers like on their own. And they have a speaker over every table so they can keep the volume low. And it's just like... You still hear the music, though. They haven't... They haven't... Everything is thought out, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just so amazing. And then you go to, like, Palm Beach Grill or you go to Ball Harbor Grill and you go to the Hillstone in Aventura. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same. You go to... I've been to Houston's, you know... And other places in America, and it's just the same. It's yeah. the same, and it's pretty incredible. It is incredible. I think it, the only people that really appreciate it like that are operators. Yeah, 
It's beautiful. It's when you're an watch. operator, like you just watch it and you're like, fuck me, man. How, how the fuck do you how? get here? Like it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. And then like if you look at it from a point of design, like it's beautifully designed. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. Everything is perfect. There's not a scuff on anything. They have lots of money on the walls. Like their yeah. art is very yeah, expensive. It's no joke, man. Nice. No joke. The tables are always nice. Like I'm convinced they have like carpet, which is always immaculate. And I'm convinced they have I don't I'm not sure if this is why, but I'm convinced they have carpet so you don't hear a glass drop. Like if something falls, you don't hear it. Oh, that's it actually even a really you. good point. Yeah. Why, why else have carpet? Just I know I hate mute. carpet, but theirs is perfect and just mute the noise. Like silverware falls. Like okay, you know, a knife falls in the restaurant, you're gonna hear it. Oh, Over there, man. you're not gonna hear a thing. Does it drive you nuts when the when things fall? Because it drives me fucking bananas. Of course, bro. Story as we life. sit in this dining room, like I, you know, we did our like a uh, small like breakfast lunch, friends and family for like investors. Mm-hmm. And I just heard like four silverware's fall and you can just hear it echo inside your soul and everywhere and it just like fucking drove me nuts you feel it in the back of your neck (laughs) right (laughs) so six months in yeah after you guys were open for six months you announced that you were going to close eating house which was your first the baby first baby yeah your first baby yeah how did that feel the time had come you know the lease was up um and the time had come. I think we had run its course in a sense of the building. We couldn't really do much more. We were like at capacity. There was only so much we could do. It was super old. The kitchen was old. Like, you, you know, it, it's hard when people are like, oh, but the food was so good. But yeah, I understand that. But like, it frustrated me to go to work every day. Yeah. And see the walls and see the ceiling and see the floors. Um, so it's tough for your baby to be like that. Yeah. You know, and imagine like we opened. We opened that place up with $75,000, you know, yeah. me, me and my partner. We just put, you know, 37 and a half grand on the table and said, like, let's do this. And we painted it ourselves. We built the table ourselves, you know. But this was almost 10 years ago when, like, you know, well, 10 years ago was, like, what, awesome pub belly. Yeah. You know, that was, that was it. And, like, we were both kind of, like, the young operators, Edison light bulbs everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? Like, st- that was it. Um, so we tried and we did everything we could. And, it, it you know, I ran it, you know, 10 years for anywhere is amazing. Oh, 10 years a- in Miami on the corner of like Aiden Ponce next to a body shop and a gym is wild, dude. It's oh, like, it's a run. Yeah, it's a it's a run, man. And um, yeah, and we're coming back. So I was, I was about to say, and we can edit it yeah, out. But- no, we don't have to. Let's We'll make it here. Oh, man, I love this. Ooh. Let's make the announcement. Breaking news. Breaking news. Beep. Hold breaking on, news. I need another drink. Hold on. Yes. I need the breaking <laughs> news drink. Do we have breaking news music? Like sound effects? No, I just love the fact that we get like all these hits before all these shitty publications that are in my Oh, head. yeah. I love that. Yeah, And dude. I love that he's as jacked up about it yeah. as I am. So when is this, when is this airing? Uh, probably at some point after everyone already knows about it. <laughs> no! <laughs> I hope not. No. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. We're Let's not on do a schedule, it, but we'll, we'll yeah, put it out. For, for sure. No, whatever. It doesn't matter. This is more organic. This is what I like. This is grassroots. But, uh, yeah, dude, we're coming back. We just submitted plans for permits into Ooh, there. That's into, when things begin. That's when things real. begin. Um, we're going to be on Geraldo mm. next to Coyo Taco. We'll be about 20 steps away from Luca. What is this? Is I, And I love that move. It's the smartest move ever. Yeah. <laughs> It's so, like you literally have to walk 20 feet to get yeah, to your other restaurant. It's going to be great. I'm very excited about that. Might have learned a little thing from you or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. Yeah, twice as big. Private dining room. Full bar. Oh, that's gonna, where it's at. Yeah. 
like today we're making cocktails already at Luca, just like planning already um, for like the drinks we're going to make, which are going to be really fun. I'm, I'm, I have like, I get very involved in the cocktail making process. I really enjoy Same. it. Same. Yeah. Dude. Me too. Yeah. And I think also we know what's in the restaurant already. Uh-huh. So I think it makes sense for us to be involved in the cocktail program. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think it makes a lot of sense. And like, we know the food, we know what's going to go with our food. Uh, I think we know what people like to drink. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we've been eating and drinking for 30 something years. Like, I think we're pretty well versed in saying we know what people like to eat and drink. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited, man. I'm, I'm excited to take a break from the food. Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of tough. And I think you're going through this now based on what I see is you kind of started with an image and a, and an idea and then your body changes, your taste changes and your approach to cooking changes. And I think when, even at first, like me and you, whenever we started, it's like, what do I add to this dish? And like, obviously now the mentality is like, what, how can I refine? How can I intensify? And how can I strip away from this? You know? And I, I see it in your food and I, and I feel you because you've been open at Aria for what, four years? We turned six January 14th. So, you know, five, six years into eating house, my food changed too. You know what I mean? And it was very hard. I think for us, when we opened, I was 26 years old and we were like the fucking stoner spot, you know, whatever. And it was like, I just don't want to fucking cook like this anymore, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I just don't want to make this food, but you also have to run a business, you know? And I was Uh like, every, every cent that was made in that restaurant, like happened to be because of what we did. And if it was bringing people back, that's what we had to do. And, you know, we, we obviously had a lot of fun. We've done hundreds upon hundreds of dishes in that restaurant. But at the end of the day, people always wanted, like, fucking carbonara or whatever, the Captain Carbonara. And it's like, yeah, dude, I get it, man. But, dude, like, I really want to be making Captain Carbonara pancakes for the rest of my life. No. Am I an intelligent businessman? And do I know what people want? And I'm not an idiot? Yes. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? So I'm going to do it. But, like, it's also, I think the break is going to allow us to kind of strip away from the restaurant and disassociate ourselves with what Eating House was. And it's like, come back and like, maybe there'll be a couple classics, you know? Sure. Um, but then like brunch is going to stay fun, right? Like brunch is a fun time. Like, you know, you but it always a, should be. Yeah. It always should be fun. Like, you know, you're not normally making fried rice, but you make fried rice for brunch. You know what right. I mean? You have a good time and you, and you do fun shit. You know what I mean? Because like, if you think about like you do a frita Benedict, but then you're making fucking monkfish Wellington at night, you right. know what I mean? It's two opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, it's like, so. I mean, obviously, you're not a, a new restaurateur, but like a lot of people like younger in the game, I tell them, you know, at the beginning, you need the burrata salad, mm-hmm. right? You need the thing to get the pe- like people in to trust you. Yep. Something that's, you know, a crowd pleaser that, you know, everyone likes. And then right next to that, you do something that's a little more forthcoming, a little more who mm-hmm. you are. I mean, you already had pretty much cemented an identity when you first opened and yeah. those kind of things. So like those things, even... After a while, when you grow tired of them, people still go back for them. Yeah, for sure. And then sure. there's other items like, you know, we, I, don't, I wouldn't say we struggle with it at Area. I actually had this conversation with a friend a couple of days ago. It's like the menu has already taken like a form and it's taken like a structure. And I hate structure. I'm like mm-hmm. an anti-structure person. Yeah, of course. And like I want to break out from that, but I also hope that I'm a smart business person too. And I know what brings them back. Like I remember the day that I was sitting in a room with my partners and I'm like, I'm going to take the chicken off the menu. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to take it off the menu. Like, well, you know, and the same thing with the burger. Like we took the burger off the menu, still available. It's just not taking up real estate. Yeah. And they were like, well, you know, we sell this many. And I said, we need to change. 
we need like we need a hardcore change if we want to change the dynamic of how people view us then we need to elevate the thing we still offer a chicken but it's a different chicken right you know same product same ideology just delivered differently yeah and you know it's not like they um there was no blowback from it there was just caution and concern and i'm like just trust go with the flow yeah trust me on this yeah and all those and luckily the gamble has paid off you know like we're viewed a little more fine dining than i wanted to be viewed six years ago we're much more elevated than we were six years ago but that's because like you said you know humans change Mm -hmm. right we're not um structured like these big 50 unit restaurant tours i mean we own two or three spots four spots and we evolve and we want the food to evolve with us you know and and it's i mean area is my baby like eating house is yours right and it's one of those things that i wanted to see it grow and it's tough like just to go back to what you mentioned the it's tough to see the space right like area it's planning like a large-scale remodel wow my lease there is incredible. I never want to leave. I love that it's small. I love that I can control it. You know, like it's big enough, but small enough yeah. that we can elevate the food and still big enough to make money off. Yeah, for sure. So it's like good both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to drop a huge reinvestment into it. And it's incredibly scary for me because yeah. I'm like the kind of person I don't like to ever be closed I like to stay open all the time, big community person. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gained such great traction. People like going there, et cetera, et cetera. But we need to grow. And if we want to be like, in my mind, a Michelin caliber restaurant, the restaurant needs to be that too. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, I totally get it. I mean, and I just like to do it one more time. Let's mention that breaking news on Pancom Podcast <laughs> Eating House is reopening yes. on Geralda, 20 feet away from Luca. Yeah. And the story breaks here first on Pongo Podcast. Breaks here first. I love that. Organically, man. I love that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we're stoked, man. I'm so excited and just getting involved in the design process. And I think what I always wanted, like, Eating House to look like, but Mm -hmm. I could never really afford to make it look like that. Yes. Which is, like, so bare. And, you know, when I was describing, like, with the the architectural team and everybody in the design team, I was like, I don't want any Instagrammable moments. Love that! You know? I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. Like, that's so good. Yeah, dude. No fucking like floral wallpapers. No, but it, but it can no be, neon. You know what I mean? Like but it nothing could be hanging organically. Yeah. You don't want to get one of those signs like you know, feed me pasta and tell me I'm sexy or yeah, whatever. Exactly. The fuck. Exactly. But organically Instagramable, yeah. right? Like yeah, cool. Um, like Brittany, which is sitting what twenty feet away, ten feet away from here. Like when we we did a lot of like study for the space that we're sitting in and how to make it clean modern but a little sexy and but timeless exactly yeah and that in and of itself is something that can people can take a photo of and still love beautiful i agree you know and it's like you don't need to be over the top you don't need to do anything outlandish you don't need to try to be somebody else and you don't need to be people pleasing you just need to be a space that is in and of itself a beautiful space for sure and those like yeah. small touches like the countertop yeah. the stool like the stools that are fixed into the floor, (laughs) like just all that stuff that's like clean and simple is still beautiful at the same time. For sure. And it's like people lose sight of that, man. Like they lose sight of that, you know, like sparklers and seafood towers. We need to stop that. Yeah. We need to stop shit like that, man. Please. Yeah. It's just, and it's crazy to me because if the food is good enough, they will come back. For sure. And if you treat them right, they will come back. For sure. 
I, and it's just it's really one of those things that I love to hear that. I really do. It's like so you mentioned something that really kind of hit me, which was brunch can stay fun and brunch stays fun because people have fun at brunch. Yeah. Like we don't need to be pretentious at brunch. We don't need to try to be something else at brunch. But you still do your thing at dinner. Yeah. I, I've had I have a great team at Ariat, incredibly talented, super hardworking. But they just kind of like don't get that sometimes. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, are we doing duck presses at brunch? No. No. We're not. We're doing Benedict's. Just make the Benedict fun. We're doing fried rice. Mm-hmm. Just make it fun. We're doing masitas. Just do yeah. it with duck. Like, just, you know, yeah. like fun cool stuff. Shit. yeah. People don't want to be, like, challenged at brunch. They yeah. just want to, like, have some fucking drinks and, like, eat. Eat and get full and yummy and... Right. Go and then go happy. home and then get ready to go to work the next yeah. day. Yeah, I find that very interesting because I've That's actually cool. never had that conversation with someone else that, like, gets that fact yeah i think something we always tried to like a like an approach we always had to dinner and brunch was like dinner was always like why you know why are we doing this why are we putting this in the dish and brunch was just why not that's a good that's a good way to put it yeah like let's just have fun dude you know it was big and yummy and just people loved it and it pays the bills dude that's right you know pays. i always tell them when they bitch about brunch i'm like i tell them the average that we do per week per brunch i was like can your labor costs at dinner and your food costs at dinner survive without this money? And the answer is always no. no. And they're just like, okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up now. Yeah. Like this is, you know, you got to. Like I'll have a $15 cocktail at dinner or I'll have like six $11 mimosas. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> let's, let's really like approach this properly. So talk to me about the, um, the evolution of Luca. Yeah, man. So I think what's, what's been so fun at Luca. Well, tell me the name first. Yeah. After my son. Great. Named, named after my son. Yeah. Um, and you know, we want, we approached it with like Ostidia in a sense of like just easygoing, you know, traditionally it's like a wine bar, right? Like in Italy, like it, it, the term is very loose. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, I figured in my head, like if Ostidia, if I don't just kind of can use it, why not? Right. Right. Um, so we wanted it not to be like Ostidia Luca. We really wanted it to be like Luca, like the name and like Ostidia is like kind of describes like what it is. Um, and I think what's been like so fun at Luca's is, is people coming that have been to Eating House for 10 years and being like, dude, I didn't know you could cook like this. Right. You know? And I just also have never, and in my head, I'm just like, it's it's weird to say, but like, yes, because Eating House never let me. You know what I mean? I get like, it. People wanted it and that's what it was. And it was like, oh, 420 and this and all the fun menus and all the random shit. And like, I just, this is what I want to cook now. You know what I mean? Like I'm 35 years old. I just love good, simple food, and I just want to enjoy things properly. And what's like, I heard a dude from like a Scandinavian chef talking, and he he made like he said something that was like so smart, and it hit me so well when he said like, being a chef is part being creator and also curator. And sure. I never thought of it like that. And like Luca has allowed me to be like, dude, like just let me source like the best stracciatella, the best breads, awesome olive oils, make pasta for, and like put it on a plate and like. And what I tell the guys at work all the time and the chefs and the cook, it's just like, there's nothing to hide behind here. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no finickiness. There's no, you know, cool, crunchy shards of meringue to hide shit. You know right. what I mean? Like it's bare, it's bare bones and there's nothing, there's no protection, right? Like it's, it's, this is a, when you go on the plate, like maybe I'll put some mold and salt and really good quality olive oil. But other than that, like my faith is in your hands, right? Like my trust, my life is in your hands. Well, I mean, um, I really think that simplicity in food is actually the hardest to execute because sure. it needs to take, it takes like a subtle hand 
and knowledge to actually execute it. Yeah. I'll tell you, for me, the food I've enjoyed from you the most has been this because I feel like as chefs, we enjoy simplicity even more. For sure. I mean, I know for me, I either love like super ratchet, like Flanagan's, mm. chicken stickers. Rib rolls, baby. I, we just talked about it, subs, etc. Oh, you know, uh, fucking steak bombs. Oof. So good. Or like when you do finesse food, like that simple, delicious, just like you could tell that there's a lot of care here if you really know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, I feel like and I, and I just really feel like all the chefs and the food that I'm like super into right now is just like bare and yeah. strip. You know, like, I don't know. I'm assuming based on what I see you doing that like you're a fan of Josh Skeens. Yes. And you love what he's doing at Angler. Yes. And you just wish you could open that restaurant. Yeah. I think about it every day of my life. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, dude, you fucking did it. Bro. Yeah. Like, you figured it out. You're sourcing the best shit. You're using the best fucking grill. You're barely kissing it on coal. And you're making the dopest food that, like, is blowing our minds across the country. Yeah, I mean, I I often find inspiration for me always leads from other countries. Yeah. More often, like, there's a guy named Ron McKinley in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Man, our food is eerily similar yeah it's crazy like we'll we'll do a dish and it's almost like they do a dish simultaneously at the same time yeah it's nuts and it's just like there's interesting technique but there's so little on the plate Mm -hmm. that you just focus on like the product and the technique and there's nothing to hide behind like it's just like very focused yeah and that's what i like it's also since I mean, you know the struggle of working within a very difficult kitchen to work in is that then does it work in our kitchen? Correct. I can think about we, that all the time. Can, can we, we execute? Can we execute it? I'm trying to come up with like a new pasta in my head, thinking about like what what will work when I'm making 160 pastas a night mm-hmm. with you know one and a half people on pasta station. Right. Well, I mean, and that in today's world that's even more difficult, right? Yeah. Because another thing I tell my team often is like, you know, you have to put people in the position to be successful, right? Because if it's like that David Carr syndrome, like you put David Carr, his first rookie year behind Noah line, he gets sacked 50 times, never mm-hmm. the quarterback, the same quarterback, same way. Yeah. Same shit goes for line cooks. Yeah. If you set them up to fail, you can make it hard. But if you set them up to fail, they're never going to succeed. Never. You let them fail some. You let them learn their lesson. Of course. And then you coach them on how to get better. But you have to set the food up so they can be successful. For sure. Because if they're successful, the restaurant's successful, and then you are successful too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just crazy. I'll tell you, from six years ago to today, it's like I'm obviously the polar opposite of a human. Um, Me too. But it's like you, th- like I, th- you think about – there's a joke within like uh, – especially the two chefs I have at Ariette. It's always like the 2 a.m. text that starts with, hear me out. <laughs> all right check me out hear me out yeah what about this this and this and then i'll get the text the next morning i was like but what about that and how's that going to be on this station and then what's going to happen with this and then i'll be like hmm. yeah they have a point yeah and then we have and then it starts a whole conversation mm-hmm. and it starts like but i love that man. yeah i love having like like-minded people at a table that are super passionate and that care so much that they want to figure it out. Sometimes it doesn't get figured out. Yeah. And sometimes we're like fucked. Like we just we just simply can't do that dish because yeah. it's not going to happen. But think about it in the perspective, and I you would probably agree from like six years ago to now. Before I would just be like, well, I'm working sauté today, so I'm going to add three dishes today. 
and I'm just going to fuck myself. Mm-hmm. All shift. Yeah. But then tomorrow, I'm going to have to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. And now it's just like a totally different thought process, really thinking things through from like the base all the way up to the top. Oh, yeah. And then sourcing, ordering, consistency, the product. It's like mind-bending. Yeah, man. We talk about it all the time. Like, you know, I remember you're like, my chef's on, you know, he's either sick or whatever, and I'm working the line tonight, you know? Like, we had a couple of restaurants, and we're still working the line. Mm-hmm. Which is good, man, to get thrown in the trenches. And, like, what better person than, like, the leader to reevaluate the station, maybe? Or, like, for sure, dude, maybe put this in here, or whatever it may be. And it's been good, man. I've really been enjoying getting back into it and cooking a lot again. Good. I'm on the line a couple nights a week. You know, right now, honestly, for my chef and my sous chef to have a day off, it's me. Yeah. And it's fine. You know, I, I really enjoy it. Um, and it's been, it's been good. You know, it's also kind of rewarding too to like maybe not been cooking for so long and to go back in there and be like, all right, you know, I still got it. You know? Oh yeah. Like that, I think that's huge, you know? And it's like, you know, the crew knows they're like, all right, chef's on pasta. Like make sure your fucking tables are set up properly. You right. know what I mean? And like fire properly because food's going to come out fast, you know? Yeah. And like when they know that instead of it being like, you know, I remember when I was growing up, like when chef got on the line, it was a fucking nightmare, dude. I knew I have to clean behind him. It was going to be a mess. It was going to be a disaster. Like my goal is to like not do that, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, I look back and I think of, like, I mean, I was a fucking nightmare to work for, bro. You know what I mean? Like, Same. Yeah, dude. A lot of people would still agree. A lot of people would agree. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I was a fucking nightmare, dude, because, you know, it was 2012. It was, like I said, it was me and Mendina. I was, like, the fucking hot kid on the block. And I was a fucking egomaniac, dude. I was oh. a fucking maniac. But it was also, like, I had to, right? Like, I was the, there was no investors. There was nobody else. Like, if this didn't run and this didn't continue, like, it was going to crumble. And well, I was about I was about to say. So I'm still very tough to work for. I will say that there's full disclaimer. I don't have a problem saying that, but I think like the difference between back then to now was like I felt like like the balance of life was on every grain of salt, mm-hmm. was on every saute pan, yep. was on every service, for was sure. on every little thing, and that that pressure really will eat at somebody for sure i mean the first three years of area two and a half years three years was like man such a mental fuck you know and i'm sure you you felt it too and so many people in our position have felt it too like i'll pop reference pablo again because he's right down the street from you but you know we talk a lot i mean this is like the first time he's doing it like totally full bore on his own and like i feel him Mm -hmm. i understand it so well like the things that he says like i've been there i understand you like whatever you need i'm here as a soundboard i got you like but i think that communication and that like connectivity within the community is what will help us grow as a city you know like helping each other out being there for each other and like doing you know i mean the competition part is cool but yeah because we thrive on it you know right right it's just there's so much value there in like helping other people that are going through things that you've been through that i've been through that are sure. like mendine is a great example like mendine's like an older brother to me yeah man I fucking love he's that like guy. the og he's the og of the ogs yeah and he'll tell me things like you know when i did this this was wrong when i did this this was right and you should do things like this and think about that and we're like you know i never thought about that yeah I mean, he's in, been in the game a lot longer than i have yeah he actually was like the architect of the restaurant 20 feet away if you think about it mm-hmm. between yeah, pub belly sure. and pub belly sushi like barceloneta right yeah. i mean that whole strip was his yeah so 
I mean, all the whole back alley connected all of them. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think it's impressive. For sure. To see, like, you that you, you've done it now for 10 years, seen that evolution 10 years of the city as a whole, and then now doing it again. So, go back to the menu of Luca. Yeah. All right. How many menu items do you have now? In total? Yeah. Man... 30-ish. Yeah. I mean, that's a good number. I always yeah. feel good around like 25 to yeah, 30-ish. Yeah. We have like eight pastas, uh, like five, six, you know, like secondis or like mains. And yeah, probably like 15, 16 uh, antipasti. You know, a lot of, lot of, but also like, yes, we say dishes, but like, you know, a lot of them are smartly executed. Olives, whatever, stracciatella, yeah. simple things, the panzanella. The lardo on bread. Lardo on bread is Love that thing. Yeah, super good. Easy. Crush that. Crush. Last time I went, I yeah. fucking annihilated yeah, that Yeah, sourced well. You know, super good. It's easy. Um, the bread's from? Sullivan Street Bakery. Great. Yeah, which we I love a lot. Um, it's probably some of my favorite. I'm not, like, crazy about, like, super sourdough, mothery bread. Right, and I like theirs because it's just like an Italian approach to bread. It's just like, but it can well. if it's super sourdough, you can own the dish. Yeah, it takes over. Right, you know, like for example, I love Sullivan Street, but I don't use their Pullman bread because mm. it's sourdough. You know what I mean? So like in most of the cases, like it doesn't work for croutons or whatever it is. Um, so we use a brioche, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, there's certain things that I love from them, but there's things that like I love that bread in the right context. Like I would kill a BLT on that, but like it just doesn't work in my restaurant. Sure. Um, so we, we source well, we get like 85% of the products from like one Italian purveyor, Mm. um, which is lovely, you know, Uh, that's always nice. That's awesome. You know, we use obviously like GFS for like the thing, the things we need to, and we work with like a produce company called Scalisi, which works really well. They do good. They, they do really well for us. Um, and it's been great. You know, I got, I got really lucky at Luca. In a sense that my chef de cuisine, Diego, that's how Luca was my chef de cuisine. I know Diego. He's fucking great, man. Yeah. He's great. I interviewed Diego. Yeah? Yeah. yeah he's I a man. Fucking, I, he's amazing. Yeah. He he worked at Eating House for like three years and mm-hmm. then was like, I, I was in Italy, dude. And I get a call from my partner, Alex. He's like, bro, bad news. Diego's leaving us. I'm like, shit, what the fuck happened? He's like, he's going to go open up a restaurant for Thomas Keller. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, that's it. awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I, I would it. too, you know? So it was amazing. that was like, I got this like hyper creative chef that had worked for, I hired Diego off resume you know he worked at this restaurant in dc called rogue 24 which was oh. like a super cool 24 course station man i was like you worked here he's like yeah you know what nobody in miami knows i was like all right cool you're hired you know like come on board and then he worked for jose andres he had like a great resume super talented and then he like worked then to work went to open up the surf club and like got refined you know what i mean yeah. so it was like amazing for us so i have this like chef that's hyper creative but then also has like all this technique that he brought from the surf club which is sick you know sick. it's like actually sick. my chef de cuisine is from the surf club also yeah sick yeah, the food they're doing at the Surf Club is super sick. Like, that's... Ma- Manny is one of my favorite people yeah. too. Dude, the Surf Club's so cool. He's such a great human being, and his food is so Just good, so cool. And I love that food like that is like in now. You know? Yeah, I mean, but it's like what you mentioned earlier. It's timeless. Yeah, it's right? so cool that people are like stoked to make food like this. Like, you know, I would go back to like Josh Skeens. That's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna serve you like the best fucking roasted chicken on a plate and cool tweezers, like cool little tongs with like chicken feet on it and like right and simple and it's just food i want to eat i think about like how i want to eat that and like that's a battle for me too when i think about like what i'm going to do at eating house is like that's what i want to like food like that is what i want to cook just like simple delicious 
But, like, are people, like, still expecting Eating House to be, like, this, like, over-the-top, like, flavor bomb of, like, this, you know, conglomerate of cultures? And, like, I think that the break is going to be cool enough to, like, come back and be, like, this is, yeah, but this I is think, who we are now. I mean, you have your versions of the burrata salad, right? Yeah. The things that people come back for yeah. and then the new version of exactly. something different. Yeah, for sure. It You just – you get them in with, like, a thing. I, I remember when Area changed – the original foie, it's still the foie, but it just changed like a couple small touches to it. And there was some hesitation, but I was like, we're just going to ride. Yeah. We're going to ride with it. Yeah. I believe in it. I think people will get it. And we refined the dish, and it's a beautiful dish, and people got it. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I'm a true believer in like the people that are very good, just be who you are, and like, it, and people will get it. Yeah. Because people sure. already have a trust with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think. Having Luca is going to help in a sense to say like, all right, he can cook, he can cook light, he can cook easy, he can cook clean, you know, and like to take that to eating house and like approach it and meet in the middle, I think is going to be the move for it. I do feel though, like Luca, and obviously, I mean, you saw the traffic at eating house more, but the, the food at Luca, I think adheres to people to eat there more than once a week. For sure. The food at eating house was like more an like event. Right. Yeah. So if there's a new approach to the eating house I th- and, and the name itself yeah. lends itself to just be like food. Right. Yeah. There's no pigeonhole of like a concept. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like this is food. Yeah. Yeah. And you I know? think too, like even myself, like if I were to have like Luca or eating house when it was still open as an option for dinner, like I'm going Luca. You right. know what I mean? Like it's just like what I, whether it's Italian or not, that's just like the food I want to eat. It's the food I want to cook. And I think it's going to allow us, like, we're going to do, we're going to be, pasta makes money, <laughs> which we've learned, you know. For sure. So we're going to do pastas at Eating House, but they're not going to be, like, hyper Italian, you know. It'll be fun. It'll give us some, like, leeway to, like, have fun with the pasta, you know, and, like, just not necessarily, like, at Luca we do pretty much, like, classics, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we do the Matriciana and the Cachapepe, which is our way, right? Like, our take on the classics, but they're still classics. Like and the short rib bolognese. Bolognese, yeah. Which is delicious. Yeah, it's good. and Big fan of it. You know, at, again, I went to Francescana when I had the bolognese there. It wasn't ground. It was, like, cut. And I was like, all right, like, let me approach this to it. And we, I think the reason it's, I, the reason at least I love it, which is something, again, like, from what my mom does, which is just like a take on her recipe, is that she adds nutmeg to it, which is like not super classic in Bolognese. We add nutmeg. But then we also add like a mortadella pate to oh, it I at know. the end, which we finish it with, which is like to me, like when the homies are in, I'm like, all right, I need this one 50-50. Like equal parts Bolognese and mortadella pate. It's delicious. Yeah, it's fire. It's good. I fucking love and it. like my thing too, when I eat Bolognese at restaurants, sometimes it's like, I hate when it's like watery and red and I wanted it to be like unctuous, dude. Like I want you to like, I'm also like, not a fan of dainty pasta like dude i want to fucking eat you know what right. i mean like you know when like people in italy are talking about like a 50 gram portion of pasta like fuck off you know what i mean like maybe 50 grams of parmigiano like right, right? like <laughs> right. i, I want to fucking eat dude i mean it's it's um listen here things are bigger yeah right and we eat bigger yeah and like when i look at the bolognese i mean i could share that i could I can order something else. I can like. There's a lot of options mm-hmm. with that thing. It's like I know if I if I crush that whole thing, I'm gonna fall asleep mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, but I love that too, though. Sure. I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, you know. And what I like about Luca too is that like you can come with a four top and order a bunch of shit and share, or you can also just sit at the bar and be like, dude, give me a glass of wine. I'm gonna have a plate of pasta. I'm gonna go. And I know my cool. my move is the spagliato. Yeah. Um, I always get something on toast, mm-hmm. and then I'll get another app. Yeah. 
Unless that's, I like, and when I go for dinner, I like it's always like yeah. that's a little more involved for sure. And again, I think a big part of the menu too was like we have a lot of vegetable dishes, and at Eating House we had a lot of vegetarian dishes as well. Yeah, which was important to me. Mm-hmm. Number one, I enjoy it. I enjoy cooking vegetables, and it's not like, and I think of saying like, oh, but I just find it insane sometimes when you go to a restaurant and there's just like one vegetable appetizer and one vegetable entree like that sucks dude like mm-hmm. you can come to luca and you can eat a full meal and not have meat whether you're a vegetarian or not you know right. and that's something important to me you know we have so many we, we make like andouille but out of tomatoes i know i've had it yeah it's yummy it's, you know but mm-hmm. then there's like fun things in there too like we had we have japanese miso paste to add like the funk to it like Ooh, i like that yeah and then uh you know the mushrooms and and the carrots and we have tons of vegetarian options like and that was something super important to me because also in Italy, like you're eating tons of vegetables, right? Like mm-hmm. it's seasonal. You eat them. It's bomb. Like, dude, last time I was in Italy, I was in February and I must have had artichokes in every single city I was in. You know, it was three weeks. Artichokes are awesome. You're going to eat them every single day of your life. Mm-hmm. Awesome. No problem. Um, so that was something big to us, you know, and like to be able to like, whether you have a dietary restriction or not, or like if you're vegan, awesome. Like, you know, we used to do the pomodoro with like, we would finish it with like parmigiano and cheese. And I thought to myself, like, why? You know what I mean? Like, do we need to add this? Like how? And instead, like now what we do, it's like a process, right? Like, so you make the pomodoro, you have the pasta, you have the pasta water while it's boiling. You emulsify like finishing oil just so it goes through. And like, it just ended up being a lighter, better dish. Mm. And I like that. You know what I mean? Like we have something for everybody. Like if you want meat, you can have meat. You want to have a pasta with shrimp, you can have a pasta with shrimp. You want to have a fucking you know pound and a half asabuco for dinner awesome you want to have something light like scallops, that thing's great. a situation yeah dude i've never had it but i've seen it it's at big tables. yeah it's yummy bro it's super delicious braised super well risotto's like done properly you know with real saffron you know delicious done done well you know we save the rinds from the parm we make the stock for the parm it's like the full the full shebang you know it's it's really delicious and but then again you can have something super easy like you can come and have some great stracciatella or induya and you can have a panzanella you know, are you, I mean, even as a meat, like you can eat a carpaccio, you know, it's great. I, lo- like, I love that. Thing. Yeah. I love the car. I eat it all the time. It's just so yummy. And I just think to myself, like, have a great cocktail, have a carpaccio, maybe a pasta if you want, or not even, you know what I mean? Like come and just eat light, eat cold, mm. have a whole cold meal. Like, why does it have to be hot? Mm. And that was something big to us that we really wanted to do when we opened. And again, it's just like great products on plates. Isn't it crazy though, putting all that thought process into 30 dishes only? Yeah. Because yeah. It, I, I always... And I reference this shit a lot too. Is like, I'm a big a big Springsteen fan. So like, when you think of like when he when he did Born to Run, like mm-hmm. he wrote like a hundred tracks and he boiled it down to ten. How do you edit that? How do you edit that? Right. It's so tough. It's like, man, this Chugs menu used to have like eighty items on it. Yeah. And then now it's down to twenty six. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you boil eighty items that you think are going to please the masses down to twenty six? Yeah. It's a lot of thought process into that. And it goes more into like, what can your kitchen handle? Correct. What can your kitchen do consistently? And people will never understand that. Yeah. You know, like, they'll just never, there will always be backlash from it. There'll always be something. And I'm like, listen, I'm doing this for you, bro. Yeah. I'm for doing sure. it for you. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know that, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah. It's yours. Just let it be. Yeah, man. Let it ride. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. not easy. It's not easy, like, over when you. When you own the restaurant, like you said, and you own the business and overseeing, like, how is this going to affect service? What plate am I going to use? Am I using too many of the same plate? How many pans am I using for this dish? It's like so so many things go into something and saying, like, this is a simple dish we're going to do. And it's, like, not that easy. You know what I mean? Like, at Eating House, I could have just changed the menu whenever I wanted, right? Like, it was simple. It was a small restaurant. But, like, dude, Luca's a monster. You know yeah. what I mean? Luca's a beast. Right? Like, we... 
when we opened up Luca, we did like uh, you know a projection PNL and like we had a number we were gonna do. We were, we've done that number in six months, you know, and like no, we didn't, we never expected to do as well as we're doing. Um, and we're, we, you know, we pushed. Like fortunately, like we've gotten another cook now. Now we can do some more covers. You know, right. it's like obviously. I, you know, the staffing has been a little bit easier now lately, Like, but like six months ago, it was impossible, dude. Yep. It's crazy. It's crazy. It was crazy. And like, we've been good. And I think I've, I've noticed that like, you know, my partners have had a return on investment. We're making money. The employees are making money. The busters are making money. You know, everybody's making money. Everybody's happy. Everybody's willing to put in the work. You know, I pay my people well. Yep. You know, I never in my, you know... Dude, tell me like a year ago, a year and a half ago, it was absurd to everything to pay a cook $21 an hour. Yeah. It's crazy to me mm-hmm. to think my first cooking job, I was paid eight twenty five an hour. You know what I mean? Same. To get, nine, to get, nine bucks. Yeah, to get just destroyed on a nightly basis. And now you see it like, okay, I can pay this guy because he's worth it to my team and he makes me money and everybody makes money and everybody's happy. You know what I mean? Like, And that that's a beautiful thing and, and we're, we're riding the wave and what's been awesome is just like... It's crazy, like you know how restaurants go, dude. Like they get the hype, they get the hype, they get the hype, and then they stable. And it's like we're, we're just fortunately just like getting busier. You know what I mean? And that's like, a, well, I mean you're leading into busy season. Yeah, I mean is, that's the thing. You're leaning into yeah. it. You opened that at a time. You carried the name. You did the thing, and now you're going into busy season. Right. So you're really going to be able to see like what's capable. Yeah, I'm hyped for Geraldo in December. Like, yeah, it's I mean, cool. dude, it's a it's a, a beautiful walk. Yeah. Super nice. Yeah. It's like very quaint now. I mean, in that neighborhood, I don't, I, I wouldn't hang out anywhere else. Yeah. You know, like just referencing Miracle Mile. Yeah. And for the people that are not in Miami, Miracle Mile is just like the main road. Yeah. I guess of Coral Gables. Yeah. You know, like it's not very cool or fun. Yeah. You know, and then Geralda, I mean, when I opened the local, it wasn't what Geralda is now. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, it's quaint and nice yeah. and it's like a nice little walk and for sure. um we get it, a lot of walk-ins i feel like people just go to geraldo and like let's just go for a stroll and we'll figure out what we're gonna eat well there's so much strength and and i uh this is another conversation i've had a lot too because chugs is definitely the best location that i have yeah um yeah you're in the heart in the heart and just like when we did that investor friends and family thing like you know we must have had 150 people that tried to walk in here wow and i was like that's great I love that. Yeah. For a place that doesn't take reservations, like I love the way this looks. For sure. So, you know, I mean, there, and, and Richard Hales told me this shit a long time ago. He was like, you know, you pay for a location because the location will pay you back. Yep. Straight the fuck up. And he told me that, man, it must be 10, 12 years ago, and he was fucking right. Mm-hmm. You know, and. I mean, he took a gamble on that design district and won. Yeah, he won. I mean, you know, man, Sakaya, when it was in its heyday, Oof, I mean, that. That duck thing, sandwich, bro? Come oh, on. man. Just so good. I worked chunk, chunk tots. Oh, the chunk, I was there the day he created the chunk tots. So good. He fucking uh, dude Sakaya. When I worked there, I used to work on the truck. This is when I had like three jobs. I worked on truck. I worked in Sakaya, and I worked in Normans. So my three jobs. Wow. So I would like open Normans, be part of the prep team at Normans, set up for lunch, leave after lunch, then go to Sakaya, either jump on the truck or stay at the location. Wow. When I would open Sakaya, which would happen sometimes, I mean the line at lunch was nuts. Nuts, the bulgogi burger, the chunk tots, the fucking... The duck sandwich was out of control, bro. Duck sandwich. I cooked a lot of those in that fucking food truck, man. They're better in the truck than at the store. That's because I was cooking them. Also, <laughs> yes. And you know what I accredited to? 
wrapped in foil and it steams together. Oh, I believe that. The steaming is clutch, dude. I was, um, I actually went to a friend, friend of a friend's food truck yesterday, out far, like deep Kendall, between two buns yesterday. Okay. Small little food truck or whatever. And, um, they do like these torta sandwiches. They were delicious. You know, like a fried chicken one, a carne asada one. And uh, I was telling him, I was like, yeah, you know, I spent like a whole year on a food truck. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, of course I did. I mean, I think like that kind of stuff is so good for people. Mm-hmm. When I worked on that Sky truck, man, we used to do events out there by the Tamiami Airport. And it was like 30, 40 trucks deep. But the Sakai yeah. line was always like so deep, yeah. like so wild. And the tickets... We'd have the ticket rail and then just, you know, like when you really get in the shits and like there's like nine it, tickets hanging, hanging like, <laughs> like fucking, at the end of the rail. Fucking just tape them, whatever you need to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're just like, I cooked so many of those duck sandwiches and that, because that was like my station. That was like so good, the thing bro. that, oh, I'll never forget it. So good. So six months in, what's like a time frame for what you envision for Eating House? I mean, hopefully... Luckily, we're going quite bare on the build-out. Um, the space is cool. It's like very industrial looking. Which is different from the original one, right? Because yeah. the original had some character, had yeah. some things. Yeah, we, we're now the the focus is like, yeah, like simple walls, you know, really. It's got 18-foot ceilings, which I want to accentuate, like open exposed ceiling. Beautiful. Exposed duct work. Um, and just like nice finishing, you know, like nice plates, you know, like a nice clean plate, good tables, nice glassware beautiful bar i love that yeah so hopefully i mean in a dream world right like if we can do three months of permits and 16 weeks of build out but god knows i don't you know no i mean listen we built chugs we demoed this we trenched the floor of the whole thing in nine months yeah if you have the right gc they can get it done yeah and hopefully which like let's say it lands us at february march all right cool then it's going to be similar to luca like we can ramp up we can get used to it during the summer and like hit season hard but that's that's totally fine if you're it's better to be cautious at the beginning than to just want to fucking like crush it yeah you know chug's gonna open as indoor only for the first 30 days beautiful and that's totally fine with me Mm -hmm. first of all it's hot as fuck outside brutal and i i'd I'd like to figure this thing out for sure first, which yeah, there's a lot cool. of power in that yeah. too. We did something similar. Like at first at eating at Luca, we just, we capped reservations. You know what I mean? Which like, it's, it's, a, it's twofold in a sense. I like number one, you can train well, you can work well, you can almost do training while making money. The restaurant always looks full. Mm-hmm. The reservations always look sold out. And which it was cool. a lot of, lot of power was, in that. It was cool to have partners that were like, all right, that's cool, man. You know yeah. what I mean? That it wasn't like, oh, well we can shave a percent here or whatever. They were just like, all right, cool. You like, we trust you guys. You know what I mean? Like, you do what you want to do. And that was really awesome. Um, so, you know, we kind of, like, added reservations. Like, you know, it was 40, then 50, then 60 a night, then 70 a night, then 80 a night, then 90 a night, then 100, then 110. You know. And then you find you do find that sweet spot of a cap. Yeah, for sure. You know, you like, know like, two, bro, Luca on a busy Friday, Saturday night is doing 210, 215. That's incredible, man. And that's the number. Yeah. A, a 240 night might not be so fun. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, but, but then, like, on a Friday, if you're doing 160, you're like, what's happening? You know? Right. It feels slow when it's not because then you're still doing good numbers. I, I I often tell people, like, yeah, you could squeeze another 40 people in. But what if they don't get the full experience that you want them to have? Right. 
And what if the food suffers? And what if the cocktail suffers? Yeah. And what if the whole thing suffers? For sure. Then you lost that guest for a long time. Oh, yeah. You lost it. And that costs a lot more than the money you made that night. For sure. And there, for sure. that that right there is like pivotal. Yeah, because you, if you see numbers, you're like, all right, but let's say you have a $60 per person average and you had 40 that's 2400 But what out of the 2400 is really coming back to the restaurant? Like, right. Is it worth it for 100 200 bucks? Right. Is it? Is I, it worth to exhaust the staff? No. You know what I mean? Is it worth putting tickets 30 minutes past last call? No, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, that's something to think about now. You know, like, really making sure the crew feels respected. And that's something that's super important to me, too. And, like, I know also it's just, like, if it gets too crowded, it gets too wild, it's just, like, not fun for anybody. You know what I mean? And, right. like, we still want to have, like, it's hard to justify saying, like, oh, please, you know, pay 250 for this bottle of wine while I have, you know, 40 people screaming at the bar. Right. So you have to kind of create that ambiance, right? And it's kind of like Luca has like what's cool about Luca, I think, is that it's like it's really it's a beautiful restaurant. It's clean, it's simple, it's not over the top elegant, you know, you don't have to feel like you have to go in a jacket, but you also don't like want to go in like, you know, chancletas, right? Shorts you know and I mean? chancletas. Right. Like it's weird to see that. You know, and some people time it's fine. Like I get it, dude. And if that's what you want, like you want to sit at the bar, you're like, dude, I just really create this pop. Awesome, dude. Whatever you gotta do, you know. But it's it's finding that like ambiance of like what's the right number to create so people aren't waiting mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the restaurant's small so if like a table is sitting 20 minutes longer than it needs to where are the people waiting you know what i mean like and if the bar's full there's no room at the bar and it's mm-hmm. like yeah you get it man <laughs> you're I, there <laughs> i mean I, I i get it i, I just it, i find it fascinating how many people don't get it right and it's so much goes into that guest experience thing and like how much that really weighs in like the long-term visibility of it and like how it goes long-term there's a lot a lot into that and you know i would say six years ago i definitely didn't think that way right Mm -hmm. i again like every morsel i felt like of my soul felt like every like on every grain of salt everything was like the whole world is weighing on that and it's hard to pull back from that. And I think that only comes from experience. Mm-hmm. It only comes from time. It only comes from like understanding. For sure. Because, you know, at least for me personally, like I came from a place that like, you know, there was, not, we never really had money, yeah. you know? So it was like, you know, this is a hard gamble and you gambled everything on it. So like money is, is great. I also still think that, that, that fear element is important for me. <clears throat> in making sure that the people who run the restaurants understand that we can never kind of like be laid back. For you sure. understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. you still have to push the envelope, but just push it within the confines that we've created. Right. You know, like never be okay with a slow night. Never sure. be okay with an okay night. Right. Never be okay with, you know, glassware that hasn't been polished. Right. No complacency. Never, right. And, uh, you know, it's really, that's our role, right? Yeah. Like now... In, I think in the position that we're in, like that's our role. It's yeah, like sure. to making sure that we always set the bar. And then when we set it, after time passes, to keep pushing it. Yeah. And to keep pushing it. And I don't know. I find myself there a lot. For sure. You know, and, it, and it's um, it's an interesting place to be in yeah. because I'm just used to being like the grill cook. Yeah. Uh, but now, you know, times change. For sure. I mean, listen, I, and I'm still very much like detail oriented. You know, like today is a perfect example. Like. One roll-up was, like, not perfect, and all right, well, let's redo the entire restaurant, you know? Oh, I love that. Yeah, you know? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Why, for- why isn't every sugar packet in the exact same direction? 
Oh man, you know, why is why do I see the front of the Splenda and the back of the Splenda? Mm. Everything should be immaculate. Like this is how it should be every single time. Right. Why is this roll up facing to the left? Why is this face to the right? Why is there a peak on this one? Why isn't there a peak on this one? You know, it's like. But the more you do that, the more they know that you're yeah. not fucking around. Yeah, and today, same today, six o'clock. It was pouring still. Like there wasn't a guest in yet, and at six thirty, the restaurant was big. And I said, "All right, perfect. All right, we're gonna redo every single roll up in this restaurant." Yeah, and there was you know, eight front of the house staff just doing roll ups at six o'clock. I was like, "All right, well, be ready. If a guest walks in, this place better be perfect." Yeah, once or twice a week, I'll just like right at five, which I know they're ending pre shift, just because I've been like very inundated in opening this. I'll just text my chefs from Ariette, be like, I want to see this dish in the window, this dish in the window, and this dish in the window in 15 minutes. They put it up. We sit at a table. We eat the dishes. We talk through them. We talk about, are they feeling like it's still up to par? Is there something missing here? Mm -hmm. Everything. I want it on the table the way that it sits and the way that it feels in the dining room. And then at the same time, I look at the dining room. So the other day, I mean, it was like 10 minutes to open. Got a flashlight. Went through every single glassware. Spots on the glassware, pull out every single server. I was like, you need to repolish the entire fucking dining room. Everything. Everything and everything on the fucking shelf, too. Yeah. Every single fucking glass in here mm-hmm. needs to be repolished. And in 15 minutes. <laughs> and they were just like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's how you hold people accountable, should have done it before five. Exactly. <laughs> you should have done it the right way the first time. Right. And you wouldn't have to do it this yeah. way now. Yeah. And I'll listen, s- you can make the excuse, the dishwasher, the thing. That's it. It's your station. Yeah, dude. For sure. It's your station. Yeah. This is your fault. Yeah. Your salt's wet, that's your station. For sure. Your olive oil's not full, your right. station. Yeah, yeah, it's the course. same thing with the glassware. Yeah. It's it's still at the end of the day, it's like it's weird to, to take it personally, but you still kinda do. I absolutely one hundred percent take it super personal. Yeah, I'm sorry. That'll never I'll ever. never lose that, bro. I'll never lose it. Never. Never, like, man. I still take everything like, personally. Like Are you fucking with me? Yeah. That's always my like, are you fucking with yeah. me? Like, do you think I'm an asshole? Yeah. And this yeah. is what I mean, like they're really not, but they are. Yeah. They don't realize it. They don't realize they it. They don't realize it that, like, it's, like, our livelihood. You know what I mean? Like, it's our name, man. Right. It's something so simple to think, like, a stain on the glass is nothing. But, like, I'd be mortified if there was, like, a lipstick stain on your wine glass. You know oh. what I mean? Like, it would kill me. Luckily, it hasn't happened yet, but, like, it would mortify me. And now there's so much more by adding, like, a cocktail program. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, that's crazy. To think, like, it's something so simple. The other day, I was, like, looking. I was, like, one, you know, a couple of, like, the pour spouts were, like, like churning. And I was, like, dude, order a whole brand new set. No, but with it, I'm, like, it doesn't matter. Right. I don't care. I don't want to see rust. I don't want to mm-hmm. see anything. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be flawless. Put everything in a container. You know, what? Like. I also, like, something I learned from, like, six years ago to now. Man, six years ago to now, like, I would just be, like, no, this table works. Like, that's fine. This yeah. little wobble, the thing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make that work. I'm the same way now. Yeah. Just order a whole new thing. Yeah. But why? I'm like, because I said so. Yeah, just do it. Just throw that away. Throw sleep all of them away. Yeah. That's right. You're, I'm going to sleep and that's going to make everyone happy. Yeah. If I'm not sure. fucking waking up in the middle of the night worrying about a fucking... I don't Wobble know, wedge. <laughs> right. Something super random. Yeah. Like, it's better that way. Yeah, for sure. And it's better for everybody. It is. I agree. I, I totally agree. You know, it's something like the other day, you know, simple, like we, 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 you know, like we have our coffee pods or whatever. And it was just like, taking know, it's like, why don't you just like order a case, a wood case where they all fit. And instead of going too deep, you know, we can go three. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but really, but like it's 40, but I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just do it. Like, I'm going to be so happy when I come in here and I don't see coffee pods out. Like everyone's going to be so happy. Let's just do it. You know what I mean? Like simple labels facing out, you know, every, like, yes, I understand. I am very, I'm very, maniacal about little things like will the guests care that all the sugar packets aren't facing the same way maybe not 
would I yes? You know yeah. what I mean? It's so it's so little. But the you thing know, is, when you care about the little things, you care yeah. about you care about the big things for sure, for sure. And that that's really, I think that's like human nature. Yeah. When you care about the very, very little things, like the big things, just become natural. Absolutely. And that's why you drive the little things in, yeah. and then the big things are just like this is just the way it's supposed yeah. to be. And we have like a you know the team is great. Like they they work with each other. Like the bar makes citrus for the kitchen, and it's there's never like any like but the bar, the kitchen, the blah, blah. you know what I mean? Like everybody works together. And it's everyone's like everybody knows. I, like I and I also think it's very important to have my hand in everything because like the bar's on edge, not on edge, but like they make sure their shit's on point. Because if I step behind the bar, like, well, why is there mint there? Oh, we made a mojito. Okay, clean your station. Why is there mint in there? Like position eleven at the bar can see that. Mm-hmm. Let's fix it. Yosha, you know what I mean? Like we and like I, I try to show them like anything that you need to make your job easier, I will do. But keep it up. You know, and I think that's that's something that you learn, and it's like a give and take uh, to to balance out and like be a leader and like you know, there's like the yeah, I, I'm sure like just like you, like we grew up in this like pirate kitchen mentality. You know what I mean? That it was like I do love that though. Yeah, for sure. I, I love just, a pirate kitchen. Oh, come on, love dude. it. Everyone's I, talking shit to each oh, other. I Everyone's a fucking yeah. renegade. I love that. Yeah, I was called Do Boy for four years. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? But then I was just like, how much you pay that guy? All right, I'll do it for less. You know, give me his job. I just fucking went and went. I worked, I worked, and I worked. And I was just like, but it was like hard, you know, hard chef. And like, that's how I led. That's all I knew. Mm. And then you sit back and think like, maybe I teach. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, yeah, still be hard and know that like people need to be on point. Same thing. Like you're, you're a coach, right? Like you're, you coach the team and that's what you are. Like no coach is going to sit back and like, maybe if I had like Jordan on my team, he might coach me, you know, or whatever. Right. But like when you're leading the team, like you have to be, you know, I just see, like, you know, when I was watching, like, The Last Dance, like, the Jordan doc, you know. and you, Oh, it's good, you know, good documentary. And it's just, like, incredible to see, like, how he can be, like, all right, let's all, like, let's meditate and let's all relax. And then at the other time of the court, it's like, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty. You, you know, know um, something I've, like, struggled with very recently is, like, I've seen a lot of, at least in, like, management roles, like, people that just don't have that that grind mm-hmm. that push you know and then when you do get them they're like incredible right and then the other ones you need to coach to get there and then sometimes they just don't have it mm-hmm. but the coaching portion of it is probably the most difficult thing because you're like i could just fucking do this mm-hmm. but you can't do it forever no and that's the hardest thing that people need to realize yeah. and uh, a lot of the younger chefs i tell them like you know you need to show them how to do this mm-hmm but why? I can do it. Well, do you want to do it forever? Yeah. You don't want to do it forever, right? Show them once, show them twice. On the third time, you know, you get it, and it's just like, all right. Look. And listen, they may fuck it up on the 11th or 12th, but mm-hmm. that's because they're becoming complacent. And then that's when you step back in and be like, listen, you got to do that again. All right. And that when it's 11, I think to myself, is it them or is it me? Right. Which is good. You know, you got to keep yourself on your toes, too. And that's huge, man. The restaurants are, like, ever-evolving, and things are always coming and going. Like, the ability to adapt, the ability to lead, to make people, like, be like, I, I'm happy to think people say that I'm hard to work for, but it's worth it. Yeah. That's always been my belief. You know what I mean? Like, I, t- I usually tell people, like, this is tough, but when you leave here, you can work anywhere. Anywhere you want. And, you, and I mean, definitely anywhere here, definitely anywhere in the state. Like, you can, you can go places. Because mm-hmm. you learn how, how to fundamentally cook, which is yeah. such a lost art. Yeah. Like, the fundamental cooking. Like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the thing that really makes people great. Right. Yeah. Like properly seasoning, properly resting, properly mm. like 
working on a hot saute, mm-hmm. how to keep a wood fire going, all those things. Your mise en place, your station, yeah. X, Y, and Z. Like, it's it's a lost art, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, something I just can't fathom is like how kids just can't even break down a chicken anymore. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. Like, just break down that chicken. Yeah. Well, I don't know. How to, I've never done that. What <laughs> do you mean? I remember when I was a kid, I had like no money, and I would still go buy a bunch of cheap chickens. And, and I remember my. Yeah, my grandfather would make fun of me all the time. He's like, what are you doing? Because yeah. that's when I live with my grandparents. Yeah. He's like, I'm breaking out chicken. He's like, what are you going to do with the chicken after? I'm like, I'm going to give it to you. And you're yeah. going to do whatever you want with well, it. Yeah. I don't care. How many mushrooms I wasted trying to flute them? Oh, man. <laughs> I still How many potatoes it. you wasted? Tornado? Oh, oh man. Seven sides? Why seven? I don't Why know, Why can't it man. just be six? I don't know, but, but it's yeah. so nice. But though. it's so cool, right? I know. It's yeah. so cool. That's the kind of shit that like, I see now. I'm like, ah, yes. I know. Like the other day, um, we're working on a rabbit dish. I love this dish. This is definitely Chef Manny and Ashley are the architects of this, and I'm just helping them along the ride. And it's just this, like, interesting saddle, morcilla stuffed, Mm. and then it's got this, like, it's like a combination of, like, mole and hair a la royale. Cool. Right? So it's, like, got, like, a pork blood blood mole with, like, a pork blood jus. It's very weird. I don't know how many we're going to sell, but I'm super down to try it. Yeah, sounds fun. And then... He did like a little tournée and these like beautiful little arranged vegetables. And it was like beautiful. The dish was really good. And I said, but like, this is really good. But is this who we are? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, what makes this dish like an Ariette dish? So let me break down what that means. Mm-hmm. Things like jackfruit carpaccio, conch bourguignon, shit like that. What makes this that? And he was like, well, I don't know. I was like, well, here are my ideas. And I love that collaboration, right? I love that he did the tournée on there. Right. I love that. But then it ended up being we got like fresh guavas. We poached them in red wine. We treated them like pears. We stuffed them. We put them, arranged them on the plate. Cool. Beautiful. Like the guavas were honestly, people have this misconception because of guava paste, how Mm -hmm. like it's like super sweet. Yeah. And they're just like really fresh. Yeah. They're not sweet at all. Right. And uh, we got a couple different ones from like Margie, Guava George, whatever. And we tried all of them different. And they were incredible. Probably the most delicious guavas I've ever tried. And we put that on the dish, and it was fucking slamming. Awesome. So good. And I was like, this is what I mean. This is who we are. This is who we are. Yeah. We cook Miami food. Right. Our way. Yeah. So you do this, like, beautiful and very in- interesting and progressive dish, but then you need to have a touch of who we are. Right. Learn but I still love that he did the tournée on there. Yeah. Like, that was like, shit, to me, dude. that was like, when I saw the tournée, I was like, did you do that? Or did you get someone yeah. to do that? Yeah, he was like, no, sure. I didn't. I'm like, so if you're going to put it on this, who's going to do it? Yeah. He's like, I'm not sure. I'm like, you got to think that one through. <laughs> yeah. Think if about not, it. you're going to be tourneying potatoes Can you tourneying Yuka? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good Oof. No, you cannot. <laughs> Fuck that. I want no part of that. Yeah. You guys drinking back there? Is that what's oh, happening? Oh, we've been drinking. Oh, everyone's drinking. Oh, there's the a whole thing over there. Oh, the whole peanut galleries. This is a, uh, our <laughs> oh. second live podcast. <laughs> Nick, are you talking about all the you're no, about to be getting? No, that's not the conversation. It's related. The monopolio it's more, brings the girls. My, <laughs> the the monopolio, monopolio brings all the girls to the yard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a great ad. Oh, man, we yeah. should throw that in the ad. We should. Know? No, they don't know, but we're, gonna, about we're about to show them. Oh, man. Yeah. Watch how they re-up for a whole this year. This awesome. We, used, we had this beer at Eating House. I love this beer. It's so good. You heard I mean, it here first. You Mexi- heard like Mexican beer that doesn't suck. Yeah, <laughs> cool. I mean, listen, I've drank a lot. They should, they should a, a lot of I've drank a lot of Modelo in my yeah. life, like a ton. Yeah. But uh, this is definitely better. Yeah, 
Unless Modelo wants to buy an ad, and I would love them too. Brood for those with a fighting spirit. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, um, I think. Um, so did you just call me over here because you wanted to do an ad an hour uh, into the podcast? Yeah, yeah. That's All right, happening. that's cool. Okay, so cool. let me before we wind down. Yeah. Um. Since, I mean, a decade span is a lot. What are you see surmise from I think what you've seen from the city as a whole over the last decade? I think that we have a very educated consumer now. Yes, uh, we have people that want businesses to survive. I think the pandemic really showed. I think you, like, bro. I I remember talking to you like week one and being like, "We're gonna survive." Yeah. We talked about this. Oh, yeah, we yeah. did. We were like, we're going to make it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to make it. Like, people care about us. We're going to make it. Yeah. You know, we, we had this conversation. I remember being like, dude, being like, bro, can you believe it? Like, people are fucking buying wine from us. They're supporting us. And we're talking about, like, our sales. And it was just, like, so spectacular. Yeah. And you and I said, like, we're going to make it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about us. And I think the consumer in Miami has learned to appreciate small restaurants in this city that like really make a difference and they want us to be there and they want us they want to keep us there and i think that's been great um you know obviously we have a more educated consumer and i think chefs like me and you and timon and you know we talk about jose and pablo like we are the reason a lot of these chefs i mean obviously mike and michelle right like without them we're nothing right like we don't fucking exist but like they created the path they led the way. And Norman and, before. Yeah. I mean, that's even, we're talking, we're talking about the Mango Gang. We're going to yeah. talk about Norman and Douglas and Robin and like all Alan, these dudes. Alan Suser. Yeah, and whole, for it's, sure. It's a, it, when you look at what I love to see now is something, there's two things I love to see now. One is like you could start to see lineage a lot. Oh, yeah. Right? Between even like people that have worked for me and like where they're going and what they're doing. And I love to see it. And I'm super like supportive and. I love it. And then people that worked for, like, the older generation and the generation before that, the Normans, the Michelles, the Michaels, yeah. you know, and then the Timones. You know, I feel like, I do feel like uh, from the Mango Gang to then the Michaels and the Michelles, there was a bit of a gap. Yeah. And I feel like that gap doesn't exist now because the community is a little tighter knit. For and sure. I think that people support each other more. And I think through that, we get a stronger more unified community. Yeah, man. And that shows, and then it comes with the educated consumer. For sure. Because each person is doing their part to be a part of that growth yeah. as a city, not just one or two or three. There's sure. 10, there's 15. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of really cool places, man. There's so many, like, cool places that are happening around that I'm, like, so excited to eat at and just awesome to see, like, small businesses thriving in the city, man. It's, it's cool. You know, I, I've always felt that, like, small businesses and, like, small restaurants are what really makes, like, a food scene. And you think about, like, Asheville. You think about San Francisco. You think Asheville's about, amazing. Super cool. Amazing. Awesome. Uh, you ever been to Crawford & Sons? No. Oh. In Asheville? I think it's in Asheboro. Okay. But Crawford & Sons, Scott Crawford is a the chef there. Okay. Probably one of the best meals I've had in the last decade. Really? I mean, absolutely fucking incredible. I mean, this was pre-pandemic that I went, but man, I mean, such an amazing, and you know, like it's, where's pools? Is that actually? Oh, wait. Yeah, for sure. In in Raleigh, Crawford and Sons in Raleigh. Yeah, I follow them. Their shit is sick. Sick. Yeah. 
Super so like, cool. and everyone talks about pools there, which pools, pools was great. Diner, yeah. And I went there. It was awesome. But then I went to Crawford and Sons and I'm like, this is my jam. Yeah. Like this is really super clean. Looks awesome. Super high yeah. end. Just super progressive. Yeah. When you said it, I was like, damn, that sounds mad familiar. Looks awesome. Looks like everything I want to eat. Everything I wanted to eat and yeah. I did eat. Yeah. It looks you know? great. It's so exciting to see food like this, man. But that's, again, that small market, like, very interesting food scene that I don't think gets enough credit. Like, I actually went, that that trip I went from Charleston to Charleston, so good. To Raleigh. But I enjoyed the food there more. In Raleigh. Yeah. Cool. I really did enjoy it more. And I don't know, maybe I, you know, Fig was incredible. I mean, Fig was fucking, dude, that that chicken liver pate mousse, like. Out of control. I cried. Yeah. Like, it was was just so. Mike's such a G perfect oh, you know and so it was good. i still think about it now i'm just like because we have a duck and foie pate and i'm like it's still not as good you know it's like not as good as that one yeah and that bothers me yeah i get it but it's just like that one was perfect yeah it i mean awesome though. you know the guy's a g he's been around for a long time yeah. and he's perfected the thing mm-hmm. so anyways i totally went off tangent but i mean you see a lot of that now yeah you see a lot more than i think we did a decade ago for and sure. I think that does nothing but help us all. Absolutely. And uh, I still think you have a lot of trash, too. Um, but I do think that it gets weeded out. Yeah, pe- people know, man. People know and people people support. And they go and they eat and they're like they're doing something. You can tell when people give a shit about what they're doing. You know, and For people sure. are just phoning it in. And, like, I feel like less people are phoning it in these days. Well, there's more competition. Yeah. And competition you is just good. can't. You can't. You can't phone it in anymore, you know? Listen, I, I love you, and I love a lot of my other friends. But it, this is straight competition all yeah, the time. for sure. And it's like, I still want to be better, but that's good. Yeah, That just sure. pushes you, like, further. Yeah, absolutely. And it pushes you, like, how far can you push yourself? Yeah. You know, and that's like, I find that incredible. That's I find sick. it something that Miami didn't have before. Absolutely. Because also, it's like a competition, like... You're my homie. You're my homie. You're my homie. But we're we're gonna we're doing this. Yeah, I, I mean, I even I like I look at the shit that you post sometimes. And I think to myself like, how's this motherfucker executing this <laughs> in service in like a busy restaurant? Like because I have a great team. Yeah, and that's really sure. why yeah. because I have a fucking great team. Yeah, because I've want I've for sure I've wanted to do shit like that for six years, but yeah. I couldn't do it alone. Of course not. You know, and I just got super fortunate that people believed in the thing like I believed in the thing, and it's like yeah. It's hard to do that. Yeah, it's cool. Like, the last year of the shit you've been doing is fucking cool. And I think it, I like, and maybe I see it, like, from my space because, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm, let's say, four years older than you in this role, right? And I get it. But, like, I see what you did with, like, the Versos Sencillos. And I see how what you did there led to being, like, all right, we can push it for one day, but how can I get this every day? Yeah. You know, and I can I can see it. You know what I mean? Like maybe other people don't, but like I can totally under, I know where you are in your career and like I know where you are in your head and I I, I was there, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like you know, it happened to me where I traveled and like I went to fucking Copenhagen and I came back and I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing serving this bullshit?" Dude? Right. You know, you go eat a fucking relay and your mind is fucking blown. You know what I mean? You eat at a mosque and you go to fucking Noma and you're just like, "What the fuck, bro? Your eye yeah. you get like a mental reset, you know? And like I can just see where you re- you're, you had a reset. Yeah, you know for sure. I mean, I had a life reset. Yeah, for sure. Because I knew I and, knew like and if- like we share a common friend in Deandra. Yeah, and I think call me crazy, but I want to say a lot of your food changed when you lost a lot of weight. For sure. No, that's a right? fact. I mean, I changed. Your palate changes. 
Well, you know, like, I think when I went through that kind of like life change, I mean, it was a drastic life change. Mm -hmm. I didn't drink for two years. I didn't have sugar for two years. I quit smoking. Um, It was a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I saw what lacked in other parts of my life. And I thought also, I was like, I need to be better for my food to be better, Mm -hmm. for my restaurant to be better. For sure. And all of that changed for me. And then I saw what I was really capable of. And then even personally, like being a better coach, being a better person, you know, so many parts of that, like it was astronomical. Right. And you, you are the only person that can push yourself for sure. Other people can like coach you to be better, but you essentially, you will drive yourself. Yeah. And I don't know what end goals are for me. Like I have no idea, but I know that I really wanted the city and our food to stop being fucked with from other people mm-hmm. from other places and yeah. be like man like who who else is gonna do it if you don't try to do it yourself mm-hmm. and For it's sure. like listen i love the surf club we just mentioned them before yeah but like they're not the only game in town that could do this kind of shit right, right. so why not just do it our fucking way right our way yeah our way the yeah. way that we want to do it right. our our vision of food our thing you know, obviously, I have mad respect for Thomas Keller and especially Manny. Mm-hmm. And like, but we can do it too. For sure. And it's like. And homegrown. Homegrown. Right. And it's like one of those things for me that it just became such like a point And it was like a, like, you know, there was a, a drive that could drive you a little mad if you don't know how to control Absolutely. it. But the restaurant had to change with it. Yeah. And, you know, like, Brittany, that's here. Adding. Because I don't know shit about service, man. Six years ago, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Adding that, because those are really the people that drive the food when it comes from a sales perspective of just like being with a guest and how, what does a guest want to eat? What kind of experience do they want to have? And then can we provide that experience and how are we going to articulate that experience to them? It just opened my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, to something that I just didn't, I, I didn't think about before. Yeah. So, and then it's also like getting the proper people in place to help me get there. Okay. And I'm, I mean, I'm blessed every day for it, but you know, the food changed a lot also because I stopped giving a fuck about what everyone else wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. I stopped giving a fuck. Yeah. I did not care. Like we were going to do this and we were going to do it our way and it was a gamble, but I mean, luckily if it's good, it's good. Yeah, for sure. You know, and it works. So I don't know, like, I I love the food that we're doing now, and we're going to continue to evolve, and I'm going to continue to push them, and we're going to continue to push the envelope, and we're going to see how far we really can go, because I think, I really do feel like what you mentioned, the educated consumer, the community being where it's at, like, we're primed for it, man. Yeah, dude, now's the time. We're fucking primed for yeah. it. So, I don't know, I feel pretty confident in the future of the, like the city as a whole hell yeah super confident fucking awesome dude awesome city's awesome bro fucking love this place <laughs> i really feel like the people that don't like you here just can't survive here yeah bro and like there I, there aren't too many of us like born and bred like my oh, man you know born and bred here you know like know what it takes no no the the city we just the know people the people the city like right. we get it you know and um yeah man the city's the best dude city's the best so, I guess what's next would be, like, opening eating house. Opening eating house and maybe traveling a little bit. Go see what's going on. 
go to Angler. Yeah, go <laughs> to still, Angler. My son, my sister, she said it was just like fucking bonkers, dude. I I um I haven't traveled a ton, but I did like I I went through like a hard nine months of work, you know. Yeah. That's like an, another thing is like I've never built something from like the ground up, like mm-hmm. trench the floor. Where does the plumbing go? Where do, so like this inundated my life for a long time. Yeah. And then also pandemic, mm-hmm. post-pandemic, all those changes elevating, you know, the child's area from where it was to where it is now and then continue like where's the next step and then also reopening Nave. Mm-hmm. Um, we reopened Nave twice because we yeah. tried the first time and it was – during like the the peak of the pandemic right it was like post quarantine but peak pandemic yeah and that went very fucking poorly yeah super poorly having to close again having to reopen again and then operating two bars at the same time so i just took seven days and i just like took a backpack and i just left went to philly yeah uh went to chicago i went to new orleans awesome Philly was incredible. So good. Oh. What a town. Man, what a good time. Mm-hmm. Everything from, like, the ratchet, like, corner food to, like, we uh, we ate at... Um, Zahav. We ate at Zahav. So good. I'm forgetting his name. Fucking, like, the OG of pasta in Philly. Vetri. Oh, right. We ate at Vetri. Fire. Fucking. Bonkers. And, you know, like, I'm not a... Super star tr- starstruck guy often, but he's the man, dude. But you know, like, sh- like they didn't have a reservation, so I text Schwartz. I'm like, I know this is your friend. <laughs> Could you like do this thing for me? I never asked you for shit. Yeah. And he was like, Fine, I got you. So, he- and then you know, like, just we order the first course, and then Vetri comes out. And he sits next to me. I'm like, Fuck me. Like this guy's move, a fucking so cool. He's OG, bro. OG, cool, down to earth. Yeah. The food was fucking delicious. Yeah. Just wants to make pasta and play guitar. Man, the food with like the pasta there almost made me cry. Yeah, it's so it was good. So good. So good. Lorel was great. Um uh, Sahab was obviously great. Yeah. Uh I forget the name of the place we went the day of Zahav, we ate like I was full for like three days. Yeah. Zahav. Um and then Chicago, that was a short stint. And then, you know, New Orleans is just like Man, I love that place. Yeah. I love that place. So that, you know, that kind of like reset me some and then yeah it's cool yeah i mean you got to do that yeah for sure you got to do that absolutely so i guess we nick i think we're going to wind downs now i know you're having a great time back there in the party yeah oh this is a whole other thing happening is there a whole other thing happening over there we should have microphones on the whole thing everything there's a podcast oh man i'm back there it's everyone just so you're aware the producer of the show has been drinking no Um, i mean not not a whole lot He's been drinking. This is if the show is clunky. Well, actually, if the show is great, it's all because of me and Giorgio. It has that's nothing right. to that's do with it. Listen, that's where I want it. That's I, I want it to no- be in your hands. I, want you, to, I want you to drive the bus. <laughs> this has been my this has been my dream for more than two years for Mike oh, to just drive fuck the bus. Off. Jeez. You ready for wind down things? I think I think yeah. we're ready for wind down. Well, ladies wind and gentlemen, down. this yeah. is where we wind down. We always start with our parting recommendations. This is where you recommend a thing that you think other people listening and watching. Should eat or watch or mm-hmm. read or go to or experience sure. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Giorgio, do you want to? You can have the first set sure. of recommendations, or you can pass it off if you need some. Time. Let's do it. Oh, let's right. go. Go for it. So, uh, where to eat? 
Yeah. Anywhere in America? Yeah, I mean, we're... I and, mean, by, anywhere? and by the way, this is separate from Shameless Plugs, where you'll have an opportunity to plug your own stuff. Which I would not, yeah. but uh, I think every I person... That. That's great. <laughs> yeah, same I thing. think any chef or any person should eat at Smith in Chicago. Oh, I tried. It's the most mind-altering restaurant in America, in my opinion. This guy is just... The exploration of f- flavor is just second to none. Um, I think more people should drink Amarone wine. Oh, which I is love a, Amarone. I love Amarone. Oh, I'm man. Super big into Amarone. Um, I think more people should learn to appreciate a simple vermouth on the rocks. Ooh, I like that. With an that. orange twist. I think that's very cool. Um, and not, you came I'm, ready, huh? I'm not much of a reader, to be honest with you. I'm more totally of like a cook, cookbook collector, per se. Yeah, cookbook count. Yeah. Um, I think... I mean, as an Italian, I think uh, the show Stanley Tucci just did was just, like, beyond spectacular. Was it? Oh, I, my God. I haven't seen it. Oh, just captures the essence of that country. Fantastic. Um, check out the Cocaine Cowboys documentary. Super cool. Was very it Miami. Pa- very Miami. Past guest Billy Corbin. Past yeah. guest Billy Corbin. Right on. Very yeah. cool. Uh, very cool. I think that's something fun that people should do. And... Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's a good one. Eat at Smith if you can. I think it's a fantastic restaurant in Chicago. If you have the opportunity to go, it's a huge, huge, incredible restaurant. Uh, just one of the like when you talk about like the mental reset of the brain, that meal is what does it to you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, um, and yeah, uh, you know, go to the original Serpita in the Key and dip it in ranch. Oh, and dip it in ranch. Come on. All day. Dip I think that's ranch. the best advice. If you're, you know, you're definitely a maybe not. person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, to the o, go to the OG Serpita in the Key and dip it in ranch. That's yeah. the best advice I can ever give. All right. So I'll reference two things that I already talked about in the podcast. Actually, three. Oh, boy. Um, so definitely, if you haven't visited it in a while, what, is it called Super Subs, et cetera? Now? Oh, Super Subs, yeah. Super subs, etc. Yes. On like 71st and Bird. Yep. Get yourself a steak bomb. Steak bomb. Make it gross. Make it mm. all over the place. All Have over. a good time. Don't. This is unacceptable. Uh, <laughs> Bye, Britt. Come on. Bye. Um, get the Funky Fusion chips. Oh, I didn't get those. Oof. Yeah. Those are good. I, I can't eat a lot, so I only ate half the sub and I was I called it a day. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did visit that food truck yesterday and it was very good. Uh, JP, the owner, very nice guy. Uh, a Finca alum. Cool. Eileen is uh, also a former guest and I thought Between Two Buns was great. Um, Nick, what was the name of that place? The Lebanese place? Telamir? Alamir. 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 Delicious. Yeah. And my favorite part of the whole thing is the experience, right? Did you meet the owner? Oh, the dude? did I ever? Oh, right? yeah, he's, he's wearing like linen he's pants. It. When you meet him, you really meet him. Yeah. And a linen shirt, a button-up shirt with he's, some blue suede shoes talk on. Talk about table it. touch. Table touching in like a food court situation. Yeah. Man, did I have a fucking great time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I can't wait to go back. All three of those experiences that have happened in the last seven days, I feel like a better person for doing them all. You know what? And let me give you one more. Uh, locally, mm. the last like maybe like me or so I went out to. Uh, have you been to Mister Omakase? In, no. In, <sighs> dude, go. Mm. Uh, he, I think it's uh, his name's Ryo, I believe, and he's and maybe he was working at Hidden or something. And it's like, dude, super unassuming. One hundred twenty bucks, eighteen course omakase. Ooh, that's that's good, bro. 
like teary-eyed Toro oh, good. Love that. Yeah, like goosebump good. Where is it? Like in downtown, bro, like on First Street. Really? Maybe like next to like a Foot Locker or something. Super unassuming. Unbelievable. Like, mm. I just didn't know fish could have these. Forget the flavor, the texture. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, I love the that. The texture. Interesting. In downtown, huh? Mr. Omakase. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. You know, in downtown, like, Jaguar Sun always just takes my money. Right? So cool. Like, I Never always... been. I'm dying to go. Oh, you got to go. I know. Will is just such a delight. It looks so cool. And the cocktails are great. And yeah. the food is great. I know. It looks awesome. And, like, That's honestly, the next one. The next honestly, opportunity the, is Jaguar Sun. The pasta is really good. And, you know, it's just, like, a chill vibe. Yeah. And it's a good time. And the cocktails are good. And the people are great. Yeah. And it's just, like... It's great. My biggest regret was never going to the steakhouse. They did a lot six. I, I went twice. Yeah. And it was it was great. It that was, was a my good biggest time. Regret. I mean, honestly, like during the pandemic, that was like a scene, right? So cool. it was obviously all outdoors and yeah. everything was like proper and Will's a very proper guy. So you know, I they did it the right way and I think they did a great job. Yeah. You know? That was my one regret. I, I would say that in downtown Lost Boy and, and Jaguar Sun always just yeah. take me. Look super cool. Automatically take me. Lost yeah. Boy is like a little more I don't know. It's a different vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, other things to recommend. Um, so I'm in the middle of the Pollen Street Social book. It's mm. a very good book. Uh, very much enjoy it. Like really good thought goes into all that food. Um, very technical. This is not like Susie Homemaker's book. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm definitely enjoying it. So if you're a cook or whatever, I recommend the book. And then on Netflix, highly recommend. Did I did I recommend the ZZ Top one last time? Mm, I don't think so. Anyways, so there's a documentary about ZZ Top that's fucking amazing. I love ZZ Top, always have. But then when you actually learn like their story and like how they got there, it's like Texas Chicago blues, which I never really made that correlation until I watched the documentary. Fucking amazing, cool, super fucking dope. I'm a I love music, so that was like great. And then also, they have a series now called The Untold Stories. Mm-hmm. They did Malice in the Palace. Yes. Which was super cool. And then they just did one about Christy Martin, uh, which was a boxer. Yes, bro. That the guy, like, abused her. Right. I'm a, obviously a big yeah. boxing person. Yeah. And she's... Looks wild. She's, am- she's amazing. Um, but, like, the story is intense. Yeah. So if you're not ready for an intense night, don't watch it. That is... But, but it's, it's intense and... It, Super, those documentaries are super well done. They're just like, for like human beings in today's world, they're just long enough and just short enough to keep you right in there. I love it. Um, so I just finished that one yesterday. It was very good. Very good. Very good. And I always recommend to go to Seven Seas if it's ever too late and you're in that kind of mood. Nice. That's where I'm at. Nick, what do you got? Uh, this is not a new thing, but it's come up in conversation with a few people lately. I'm going to recommend, uh, the book Waiting for Snow in Havana mm. uh, by Carlos Ede, who is a um, uh, professor of history and religious studies at Yale. But this is his memoir of his childhood in Havana leading up to his getting to the States on Operation Peter Pan. It won a National Book Award in 2003, I think. Uh, it's just come up recently in conversation. I figured I'd drop it in here. Waiting for Snow in Havana. The follow-up which I think is also very good, uh, is called Learning to Die in Miami. Uh, wow. But it's, um, it's a great 
childhood memoir by a person whose whole like language is colored by his having his head in that like academic world of medieval history and and biblical shit so it's like written in this very sort of poetic way that you wouldn't necessarily expect going into a thing about Mm. a childhood in cuba leading up to the cuban revolution so waiting for snow in havana if you haven't read it it's a thing to read love that beautiful nick with the heaviness i'm i'm always i'm always to end it yeah all right Shameless plugs. Shameless plugs. Giorgio, hit him with the shameless plugs. Where can they find you, all your things? You can find me at Luca Osteria pretty much every night. Unless you're here. Unless I'm here. Yeah. In which I'll leave service. Takes a lot for me to leave service, let me tell you. I love that. We're such a draw. We we actually, Mike and I were were talking earlier about how shocking it still is to us. Yeah. That people want to do this? That people want, not only that people want to do it, earlier today, or yesterday rather, you thought that this was an AM thing. Yes, I was 9.30. I was so just the it was fact, 9.30 AM. Oh, just no. the fact that late last, or early this morning even, or late or that yeah. last night, you you learned that this was a 9.30 PM thing and still yeah. we're going to be here. I mean, that blows our minds. We barely I mean, want to be here. We can't drink. I mean, we can drink at 9.30 in the morning. But we can. We can't. I mean, Which, can't let me drink. tell you, in my head... When I thought it was 9.30 in the morning, I always thought to myself, I was like, damn, these dudes are fucking smoking cigars at 9 in the morning. I mean, I, I, mean, I would, I would, I would, yeah, I would do that. What fuck is wrong with that? It's a, it's smoke a different vibe of the day, yeah, but yeah. I'm down for that. Um, yeah. But yeah, you'll find me at Luca, and in a couple months, you know, our, let's say first quarter, which is business term, 2022. I love that business term. Uh, yeah, I'll be at Eating House, uh, opening up on Geralda. Heard it okay. here first. Nice. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. Breaking news. Breaking news. And what about on the on the interwebs and social things? Social media, you can find me at, at G Rappi Cavoli. There it is. Uh, you know, I try to do as much social media as possible. I'm not the greatest. Uh, but Luca's got a great social media. Eating House is doing great. We, we work with like a small, independent person that handles all that for us which is That's lovely great. i used to think to myself back in the day in like 2012 like who the fuck would ever pay somebody to post on instagram for them I know, man. and let me tell hey, you we're bro, here I mean, here we are here, dude. i would pay thousands of dollars not to have to interact on social media I know, man. um but yeah dude that that's where i'm at if you need anything you know i'm always like happy to talk or whatever it needs to be always answering questions and yeah it's been wonderful man luca's amazing you'll find me there all the time super happy you know, at the end of the night, usually making cocktails behind the bar. It's Love a good that. Time. Yeah. I'm going to show up. Just text me next time. Yeah, I'll dude. be there. Awesome. I live down the street. Excellent. Yeah. We know. You're a regular. We have a star next to your name. Oh, man. We know. Oh, man. We know. Um, shameless plugs for me. All the things. All the things. The only thing I'd actually like to plug this time is that finally, after a long-awaited time, Pig Inc. Apparel will actually have a website very soon. And the only reason I mention that is is because on the website we will have a t-shirt that is an Ariat slash Pig Ink Apparel mashup. Um, it is uh, super simple, very straightforward. It says Patria Vida on the front. Love it. And then just the pig in the parachute with the Cuban flag on the back. And a large amount of the proceeds for that shirt will go to Cuba de Cide. And it will continue to do the things that we've been doing, trying to keep phones on for all the certain things. And uh, eventually, within the next four months, you will see that shirt on a nationally televised show with a famous person. I don't know how much I could say about that. Whatever. We did a show with Ludacris. It was fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, 
and I wore the shirt on purpose because I want to make sure as many eyes as we can can get on that shirt. Love it. They weren't totally game to that. I didn't really care. <laughs> that's it. Welcome to Miami. Yeah. So, um, but that's the purpose of it. And yeah, the website will be up and all the cool merch will be up there too. Um, and all the restaurant merch will be up there also. So Beautiful. that's cool. If you're yeah. into that kind of thing, then you do that kind of thing. So those are my shameless plugs. Very good. So before uh, I go into the podcast, shameless plugs, I would like to note, and we'll bleep out the name here just in case, but sure. uh, I'm in DMs back and forth. Uh, past guest, Fred Vogel, mm-hmm. is uh, currently... Senor Pupu Rock. Senor Pupu Rock is currently <laughs> on his way, uh, I understand, to a uh, gentleman's club. Okay. With uh, all of our mutual friend Rebecca Esparza. <laughs> oh, Becca! Yeah. Right. So, what a gem. Uh, so shout out to uh, shout out to Fred and uh, and Rebe. Uh, sweet baby Fred and sweet baby Fred. May oh, all get it sweet right. baby Fred. Sweet baby Fred. Sweet baby Fred. Talking about. I got I got man. Yeah, I got sweet baby Fred art up in my house. Yes, that's right. I'm, I feel honored. Yeah. Get the art. May yeah. all their poopoo rock dreams come true. Right. Uh, and so, uh, shameless plugs. You can find Bangkong Podcast at Bangkong Podcast on all the things. DadeMag.com slash Bangkong Podcast. If you want to support this absurd thing we do, it's Patreon.com slash DadeMag, D-A-D-E-M-A-G. Or if you have a brand that wants to advertise like Cerveza Monopolio. Delicious. You can, uh, one get of in my touch favorite beers. Get in touch with us. That's info at dadmag.com. Give us all your money, whether you're a person or a brand. All of your money, man. Or just, you just know. Give us all your money. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, that's what I tell people when I walk up and down the street. I just point at people and say, give me all your money. Give I have me a all your money. Sometimes it works. And sometimes Never it works. Never does that work. But I mean, we're going to keep running <laughs> with it. We're going to keep trying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and yeah, that's it. That's all we got. That's, a whole, that's the thing. Tune in for the next Patreon. Five quick, uh, quick fire questions with uh, Chef Giorgio. That's right. Yes, if you're on Patreon, thank you. You're such a pro. You know, uh, I had forgot we haven't done this in so long. That I, I know. I got it, man. I'm here. I'm here to. You know, if you're I'll on Patreon, you up, if you're giving us at least a buck a month, you will hear our rapid fire lightning round questions. It's Michael just Beltran. a buck, man. It's just for a buck. sure. Like, listen, your your browser's like trial is is a buck. This is like the same thing, and it's That's a buck true. a month. It's you get a whole month. Thing. You get a whole month. It's the same thing. Thank you.